Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. And welcome back to Talking Comics Podcast. It's Wednesday, September 28th, 2022, and you're listening to episode 566. I'm your host, Steve Say, and joining me this week for the show is Mr. Bob Ryer. Hey, Steve. How are you doing tonight? And happy I'm birthday so to John. Good. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. John Burkle. Steve, you've never sound better. Oh, thanks so much. Aaron Amos. Nope. Amos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Aaron Avis? Nope. You're still noping? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I gave you two intros and it didn't work. Great movie. Uh, Chris Carey, are you here? Weird. Okay. And Broadway <laughs> Kelly Say! <laughs> Don't adjust uh. your dials because we are taking over tonight. <laughs> you know it. It's thought in the house. Yes! Thirsty <laughs> on Tune Takeover! <laughs> was it and? hostile or, or not? I mean, I mean there, was a, there was a lot of like negative energy from one person. Which <laughs> is yet to be heard from. <laughs> In all fairness, I did not know that I was supposed to be you for that bit. Well, I, I couldn't decide if you would jump in or not, I, so I went with either way. <laughs> I'm too tired for this. I love you, Steve. I know you do. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. As you can, as you could probably tell, uh, this week is going to be a little bit out there. We have a special crossover edition of the Talking Comics and Thirsty on Tune podcasts. Uh, Chris and Bronwyn are joining us from the other side of the podcast feed. And we're going to have some fun this episode. We're going to play a game. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of comics. Uh, we've got a couple of cool news stories floating around and uh, a listener question that I Ooh. think will lead to some interesting uh, conversations. And I'm going to apologize in advance because I don't know what's going on with my voice right now. But <laughs> I thought it sounded great when the intro happened. <laughs> the holes are... It was beautiful. Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. Calling back to it already. And- Hasn't even been three minutes. <laughs> I have you know, taking over your intro meant I didn't give a Damian Wayne joke this week. That's how committed to the bit I was. You know, that's the part that I think I'm upset about the most. I have one. Do you want it? Yes. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> I love this. Obviously, I'm here as the veterinarian for Damian Wayne's menagerie. Yes. Oh, I like that. Thank you. How did I'm you hear not... Damian Wayne's murder baby apologist? Yes. Let me ask you a question in reference to your last podcast that was just posted on the feed mm-hmm. last week. So go and check it out. It's a lot of fun. Are you thinking about you making fun of me for the dog thing? Yeah. Was... How the hell did you arrive at Astro? I don't know. 
the Jetsons you, dog. You the sent Jetsons me the dog. message. You were like, that's from the Jetsons. And my whole brain shattered. Ace the Batman. <laughs> One of no, my favorite Ace, things. Ace I had. I couldn't remember Titus, the other dog. Oh, Titus. See, I totally couldn't remember Titus. One thing that I love about listening to podcasts is that the people that are podcasting, they can't hear you, but they know that you're out there. And so when somebody's like, somebody's probably screaming at us right now, I am usually that person. I know. And you <laughs> and immediately messaged me. I was in the middle of making dinner and I'm listening to the show and I'm like, oh my God, it's Titus. It's Titus the dog jumping up and down. True story. I heard sweetest. it from upstairs. And then you sent me the most respectful version of that. You were like, um, isn't it Titus? Like in this very polite. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I didn't well actually. You, which was, you did it. Which, well, you like, did it. I tried. I tried. I, in, in my defense, when was the last time anyone's heard from Titus? Like, what's the ETA on that dog? I've not seen I, him in so long. I don't even know who you're talking about. So He's the other bad hound. <laughs> the other bad hound. The one that's not Ace. Bob doesn't know about Titus. Like, how legit could it possibly be? It's a deep cut. I will not abide by this Titus slander. I was trying to remember Titus. That's all. I just couldn't do it. I knew there was a second dog. Does that help? (laughs) Yes. But you know what I remember? I remember that we're kind of pressed for time tonight. So we (laughs) are going to jump straight into our game that you've planned for us. Woo! All right, all right, all right, all right. So, all right, so the two of you are in charge now, for now. <laughs> right, get out Whoa. of the seat. I'm in the captain's chair now. Move. All right. <laughs> First, from the southern regions of our subconscious, where the fruit grows soft and plump, we have their top shelf butt. <laughs> so the way this game works... <laughs> the By way the way, for, game... people, for people listening at home, we have no idea what's coming. Yeah, no, they don't. So basically, if somehow you have not listened to Thirsty on Tune, first of all, shame on you. We (laughs) have a wine motif, an alcohol motif over on our show. So this game is inspired by that, but also inspired by a little trend on TikTok, as we have to be your meme correspondents, as I told you today. Absolutely. So (laughs) the game going on TikTok right now is he's a 10, but... Where you explain that how while do we he spell looks- butt? <laughs> well, any way you want, Bob. Okay. Yeah, you're not wrong. See, this is Bob's entry into the slut era I competition. Love it. <laughs> it's doing good. <laughs> <laughs> so in this, we will explain a character who looks wise is a ten, but there's something about them that might be a little bit off. Your job is to figure out who that character is, and then tell us: Do you still think he's a ten with this major character flaw? Okay, so you're going to tell us who the characters are, and we have to guess the identity. We're, We're going to tell you a description. description. Yeah. All right, do mm-hmm. one, and I'll figure it out. Yes. All right. All right. How do you want us to signal that we know? Uh, make a buzzer sound with your voices. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like that? Yes, good job. Exactly. <laughs> Bronwyn, do you care to read the first one? Absolutely. <laughs> He's a 10, but he buys you fake pearls. Oh, I know that. Okay, I heard John first. (laughs) Thomas Wayne. Absolutely. Nailed it. Is he still a 10, John? What do you think? No, Thomas Wayne's an asshole. Thank you. Agreed. Correct answer. There we go. (laughs) Wow. Batman's dad dissed. First (laughs) Prime Alley and now this. 
Have you he's read like a Flashpoint? Two. <laughs> he's most. absolutely a two. I'm sorry, but that guy has all that money, doesn't do much by way of charity work. And not real charity work, let's be fair. But, but he saved Carmine Falcone. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, because he was working with the mob, depending I on know. which comic. He's a billionaire, and he took his kid to a Zora movie in the worst part of Gotham, <laughs> and then left early in Crime Alley. He walked right? down a street called Crime Call Alley. Call him. <laughs> Call Alfred, right? Uh, please. Like, exactly. Not only All is right. he a two, he's a dumb two. <laughs> yeah. He's a two on a good day. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Okay. <laughs> Steve is mad about this Thomas Wayne slander. <laughs> All right, our next contestant, he's a 10, but he reminds you he is your homo superior. Eh. Bob. Ooh. Magneto. Absolutely. Yes. Excellent. Our other clues, I have to read you because Bradwin wrote these two other clues, <laughs> which is that he just wants to garden. He's a secret cottagecore lesbian. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> exactly. So what do we think, Bob? Is, is he a 10? Three? I think he's a three. Ooh, Ooh. Bold claim. Exactly. Our I think he's a 10. <laughs> Really? All, all the people who died under his watch on his own brotherhood of evil mutants in the comics like, and so on it, and so forth? And Is is he a war criminal? Yes. But is he my baby girl? Yes, he is. <laughs> if they if just let him brought garden. back to life, did he really kill them? Yes. Mm. <laughs> if a mutant falls in the woods, does it still make a sound? Yes, it does. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Not if All it's right. Kitty Pride that falls in a woods. Just <laughs> That's right. She falls through the undergrowth. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. She's a 10, but she has a cosmic being of power trapped inside her waiting to break it. Being gray. Oh. <laughs> Is no. she a 10, Bob? Is she a 10? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. oh, Okay. All right. Okay. You know, Jean Grey in the streets, Phoenix in the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's a shirt I want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. We have to make that for thought. For sure. <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> All right. She's a 10, but she's untouchable. Oh, bzz. rogue. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, honey. <laughs> is, ten, is a rogue a 10? There has never been a finer 10, nice. in my opinion. Yes. Rogue is Rogue is top tier. She is amazing. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> okay. He's a 10, but he adopts every orphan in sight. <laughs> okay. John. Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 10? 10. Oh. Okay. Ooh. Bold. Bold. I like it. Do you, wait, is Batman a 10 or is Bruce Wayne a 10? These are different answers. This is true. Bat- Bruce Wayne, 8.5. Batman, <laughs> 9.75. Oh, I like oh, it. I, I like yep. it. Very teacher of you to give partial points. Thank yes. You. Yeah. You need to get full credit, you know. No. You we might need the, you to show your you work, hit the curve. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you get subtracted, you know. <laughs> All right. She's a 10, but you never know who she's going to be wearing. Mystique. Yes! yes. Uh, good job. You guys are on fire. I love this. So. <laughs> With, of is, course, the clue of she's a real chameleon. Yes. Ooh, okay. I think she, look, she's a mom. So why you got to give her a 10 for being a mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And she's a, a, she's a bisexual. Mom. We love her. <laughs> a <Yeah>. terrible mom. <laughs> I mean, look. 
She had a bad patch. Postpartum <laughs> depression. That's what if I'm she saying. hit a bad patch, then Magneto hit a bad patch, Bob. There we go. World War II. Yes. And, and <laughs> yes. War. Russia and that um, was a rough patch. Okay. <laughs> launching nuclear missiles at people. Yeah, they, yeah, it's a bad Her patch. Maybe I feel- grew up to be a hate criminal. <laughs> we all forget Graydon Creed. I think we did actually. Yeah, we a did. Little bit. yeah. Is that Every, even a thing anymore? Everyone I don't did. <laughs> He started okay. the Human League and not the post-punk band. <laughs> I, it, would be, it would be much funnier if it actually was the Human League. <laughs> if they one. started singing You're Only Human, oh, yes. yeah. total different. Amazing. All right. He's a 10, but a 5 in glasses. Clark Kent. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Do we think he's a 10? What do we think? What we say, talking Clark or Superman or both? I mean, do both. you agree with our 10 but 5? Like, what do you think? Uh, okay, which Clark are we talking about? Comic book, Ooh. movies, television. If we go to my childhood and it's George Reeves, he's a 10. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Christopher Reeve might be a 9.5. Oh, okay. Um, Henry Cavill, about a 3. Whoa. Wait, Ooh. for personality or look? No, for, no, 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 for mustache. Just solely on mustache. No, I'm with Rob on this one. Like Henry Cavill as the Witcher, ten plus. Yeah, okay. Henry Cavill as Superman, barely three. Proof that Henry Cavill is Superman. He just like takes off the one costume piece, and he's a different person. (laughs) Yeah, could be. Uh, Honestly, we we will we'll give Clark and Supes ten across the board, just just because Mm -hmm. we don't want to parse this sentence too deeply. But not Dean Cain, though. <laughs> no. Uh, I would have said differently until he turned into Dean Cain of late. Yeah. Yeah. Minus yeah. 10. Oh, Minus man. 10. Minus 10. <laughs> All right. She's a 10, but she'll fight the entire Marvel Universe and win. Squirrel Girl. Electra. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and obviously she's a 10. I mean, obviously. <laughs> 10 squared. 10 yes. squared for Doreen Green. I love and it. And our final question, Bronwyn. He's a 10, but he'll break the fourth wall to make jokes about you. Deadpool. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> I think Bob won. Bob <laughs> doesn't have. buzz in. Yeah, That's Bob true. never really buzzed in. Oh, no. Aaron Did didn't lose? even play. Did he lose on a technicality? <laughs> I'm just saying if this was Jeopardy, Bob would be uh, relegated to uh, last place. You're Uh-oh. not wrong. But – this is thirsty on tune rules. It's wet and sloppy and up in here. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that sounds like my college life. Whoa. Whoa. John Slut era. Yes. Where do you think I learned to roll my sleeves up? Come on. Wow. I saw those pictures, man. I know, man. Yep, I love Been it. Been seduced. Show those forearms. And That's that was our thirsty on tune game. Lovely. We plan many more, so you're just going to have to have us back. Yep. Yes. (laughs) All right. We'll do that. (laughs) Steve is like, there's no way. (laughs) He's like, they're never invited back again. This was it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so, I was so not prepared to like, just do the show and differently within the last like 15 seconds before we hit record. So now I'm I'm all messed up. I'm sorry. No, that was fun though. I like the clues. The clues were great. Thank you. Thank you. We did have fun with that. We did. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait to see what the other two are. I have no idea. I well, like the mystery of it all. 
Yeah, Excellent. they get thirstier, believe it or not. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I believe do. it. There was a descending order of thirstiness. <laughs> Speaking of thirsty. <laughs> Aaron, sir. Yes. How's that uh how was that Simulu Jeopardy for you there? Simu mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Jeopardy? It was uh Yeah. Unexpected, I will say that, you know. He's pretty, but Did I don't expect him to have answers. Did you, it awaken so. something in you? No, it never goes to sleep. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, we are bringing the thirst out. I love it. <laughs> oh. I know. It was who was, who was he competing against? Um, uh, Ego from, I can't remember her last name, from Saturday Night Live. Um, one of the cast of Saturday Night Live. I'm struggling to remember her last oh, yeah. name. And then Andy Richter. Oh, okay. yeah. Who actually led for the entirety of the episode and then lost. And then Simu wow. got it in a pinch. Yeah, nice. exactly. Not lost just a pretty face, that Jeopardy. one. <laughs> final Ego Jeopardy Noda. takes it away. Thank you. I could not remember You're the welcome. last time I my life. I couldn't remember it either, so I looked it up. All right, well, Aaron, I would uh, I would love it if you could tell us about some of the comics you've been reading with a uh, lightning round. Uh, well, sure. So I think I got three books. So I'm actually contemplating which order I want to go in. But I think I want to just start with the one that I really, really, really liked. Um, although I like them all. So the first one, Vanish Number 1, uh, Donnie Cates and Ryan Stegman. I know Bob's already on the edge of his seat. So yes, I am, but I'm heading to the living room. But that's all right. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> so think a militarized Harry Potter, say some twenty years later. What? I'm so down. You Seriously, got, there's a character named Oliver Harrison. He was 14 years old when a bastard named the Vanished laid waste to the entire magical world he inhabited killing his parents and thousands of others. And so Oliver takes matters into his own hands and violates basically all of their most strictly held laws to find the means to beat Vanish and save the world. Um, Fast forward, and now he exists as a pill-popping, chain-smoking, depressed drunk who basically found himself on the business end of a brutal mugging when all of a sudden he's rescued by this little piece of shit named Battle Rocket, (laughs) a a little, little, little young superhero. Um, but Oliver recognizes this guy, uh, and this is sort of what kicks off the whole what I'm what I am sure is going to be a ride. Um, because he recognizes him and realizes this guy shouldn't be here. So the two have a little bit of a confrontation. It sets Oliver on this path to I, I want to say becoming a hero, an anti-hero, maybe even a villain. I don't know, but I'm all in. I am not quite sure yet you know, exactly who we're supposed to be rooting for. I kind of think I know, but I will say that Donnie Case didn't waste a single page, uh, you know, putting any filler material in here. He used every single inch of every page to give you action, backstory, um, and just everything you're looking for to sort of keep you hooked for the next issue. So I am all on board with that. That's awesome. So the next thing is AXC Judgment Day number five. Kieran Gillen, Valeria Shitty, uh, Shitty, sorry. Um, I I wasn't going to actually talk about it because I felt like we talked about it a lot, but all right, so I'm just going to go into it. The new God is judging people left and right, and I'll be honest, it ain't looking good. You know, the quote-unquote man in the flag, 
tries to rally the hopes of the planets and, you know, and, you know, and their basic response is bitch, please. The <laughs> X-Men, the Eternals and all the heroes are like are trying to confront and reason and fight and do all these things to the God to basically save the day. And the God is like, bitch, please. Next thing you know, it's smite, 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 kill, 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 fight, 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 battle, battle, battle. The God is like, all right, I'm moving on. <laughs> Finally, Kurt decides that, and I'm going to, and it, it'll make sense if you know, but Kurt decides that in order to make an omelet, you're going to have to crack a new egg. And all I could say was, hell no. Oh. I didn't like oh. it. I know you're talking, I think you know what I'm talking about, John. Oh, I got you. I, I'm oh. on the opposite side of it, but go. Continue. I didn't like it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. That's final. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Last book. World's Finest Number Six. Mark Waite. I just love this book. Six or seven? Seven, uh, seven. seven rather. Sorry. Um, okay. I, I really just love this book. So stop me if you heard this one. <laughs> Plan is about to explode. Scientists send their kid to a pl- to you know into in a rocket off into space with the hopes and dreams of the future. Blah blah blah. Except it ain't who you think it is. I was gonna say this does sound familiar. <laughs> yeah, we, we we find ourselves with our heroes, uh, Batman, Superman, and basically the only Robin I really care about uh, coming to investigate right. what appears to be a UFO of some sort, creating a massive disturbance in the sky. And what they find is a child in a crash that, that's come crashing down to Earth, um, who they think is an alien, but come to find out is actually from an alternate universe. Um, you don't really understand exactly what's going to happen there, but they find themselves in Kandor, understanding what his power sets are, how he got there, who he is, and sort of beginning that process of integrating him into this universe. And at the last page, you sort of get like a, um, I don't know, like that sort of cliffhanger for someone who's about to do something in the next issue, but I'll be very honest, I didn't know who that was and I didn't care. What I really loved about was how incredibly well-paced the story was, how well-written Robin was, and actually isn't a dig, to be honest with you. He was just the perfect counterpoint of humor and sort of fun to the serious matter. And he just, and, and this was just, Mark Wade just balanced it so perfectly um, the artist continues to be beautiful. The colors can be, continue to be beautiful. This relationship between Robin and Batman is a little bit more of a healthy relationship in this version of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the twisted versions that we've, we've <laughs> seen in, in other incarnations. There is this sort of balance there of I recognize, you know, this is basically my son um, who is incredibly capable. I would take a bullet for him, but I won't stand in his way. I'll let him do his thing. The relationship between Batman and Superman continues to thrive in this. This sort of this this group of them together was just very well laid out and I just really found myself enjoying this book from beginning to end. So I say jump on board if you haven't already. I think this new story is going to be fun. Get in there. That's my lightning round. Boom. Okay, Joe, we want to hear about Judgment Day from your perspective, I think. <laughs> no, I didn't like I, it. Aaron, Aaron's description is dead on. It's like, fight, 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 talk, 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 fight, fight, fight. Hey, Captain America, do this. Ooh, that didn't end well. To a crisp. Okay. He's not, you're not wrong there, but I kind of liked the end and the possibilities 
I don't like of it. the quandary that the mutants are going to be in going forward. Um, if there is a forward after that's what they, I'm saying. That's why um, I don't like it. Yeah, I it, it didn't bother me as much. Joey was saying the same thing that he was singing a lot of flack and and. We got to put out a word. We haven't seen Joey since his bachelor party, so um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still Can you waiting. Send for the a signal, video? my friend. <laughs> Have you seen the photos? Yes, I did. They're he's, amazing. He's a, little, he's a little Clint Barton with a bow and arrow. That face. <laughs> that face when he when he loses the arrows and the camera's just slow motioning over his face. Those were awesome. <laughs> Can you do me a favor? Write in the chat who comes out of this egg, so we don't have to spoil it for the listeners. But I want to know who it is because I don't. That's <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like she comes so. out of this egg. Yeah. I'm just love that see? sentence. Me too. Oh. Oh, yeah. that is that is some fan fiction shit right there. No, <laughs> I don't so like it. Yeah. Um no, I'm I've really oh, been my. enjoying Judgment Day. So I it didn't bother me. I think I could see where it, it might bother some people, but I was more I kind of saw it coming because a few pages earlier was a pretty <laughs> Oh yeah. That was pretty quick. Like boom, done. And it's like that's a pretty historic <laughs> character that you just dealt with well, in a rather finite yeah. matter on a on not even a full page spread. It was like the left panel on a page. <gasps> what? Um, <laughs> what made me Nightcrawl- love it? <laughs> so Nightcrawler's much. like Nightcrawler's just like Oh yeah, I, I, I've died like four times today. Let's just <laughs> yes. Uh, that like, was a that was the best part of the whole thing. Nightcrawler was just like, eh. Well, I guess I'll go back. I <laughs> get another. Egg. Can, can you teleport this much? Oh, to kill me, but it's okay. I'm fine. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't it's stick. Like, oh my god! Just can you imagine the, how cocky you would be if you knew you would just come back like five minutes later. <laughs> yeah, because I'll because John's not wrong. The the character what what I did find okay, and this is gonna sound so evil, can, but fight mm, me. I have so many questions. Go ahead. What, what I did find amusing about that scene is that it was building up to what we have typically come to expect from this character, and that is the rousing hopes and dream. Mm-hmm. And that actually happened twice in this issue. It did. And people were like, bitch, please. We don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> for you and your speechifying, <laughs> get that would, out. That, that would annoy me a lot. So <laughs> someone loves that character. So yeah, that, I, 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 I'm not reading this one. I can tell you. I understand, Bob. I completely yeah. understand. Um, I, I understood when I read it. Um, I was just like, wow. But what I think you would appreciate, Bob, is that that was flipped because after that first attempt, there was someone. And I think it was necessary that it be this character. It's not a character that you guys will be familiar with, but it's a character that's shown up in the previous couple of issues that did for him what he was expected to do for mm-hmm. everyone else. And that's what got him up and going again. Yeah, that was a good so scene. It was it was a full circle thing. It was sort of like, all right, I'm so this is how I've always felt like I could do this, that this is what my role was, and then it didn't work. What do I do now? So someone had to do for him what he was expecting to do for everyone else. And then that's what got him back up. Now, granted, he was smited a minute later, but still. The original secret empire. Okay. That kind of that kind of mentality. Oh, boy. As we just discussed before, the one they just call Squirrel Girl. 
Exactly. No fighting. No smiting. No nothing. Just friendship. Probably would have worked. Just friendship. Well, but I'll be honest, there were quite a few people smited in this issue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> quite a few important legacy people. Much smited. Are they going to stay smited? Uh, uh, help me out here, teachers. Is that, is, that, is that the actual word? Is it smoked? Smited or smoked? <laughs> Many were smoted. They're smitten, Bob. They're smitten. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. They're not kitten. talking about like D and F level characters. We're talking about A level MCU <laughs> spoiler, characters. Spoiler alert. They'll be back. People who might be carrying their own books at the moment. So. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Not anymore. <laughs> Are you sure this isn't DC and not AXE? I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about my letter. It, here. it did seem familiar. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I have questions. May I ask them? Go ahead. Yes. Go ahead. Does AXE stand for anything? Is that Avengers, Avengers X-Men, X-Men Eternals? Eternals. Yeah, That's simple. the body spray they use, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Made from unstable molecules. <laughs> okay, so... This book essentially has two titles. It's AXE and Judgment Day. How much longer is this thing? We should say A dot X dot E dot. I think it's one more issue. Okay. Um, I am very confused by the reveal in the chat of who this character (laughs) is. You're supposed to be. (laughs) I was under the impression that only mutants can be... Born that from was the cliffhanger. <laughs> exactly. That was okay. I just want to make sure that I'm understanding yes. all of this. That's why everything changed, and the mutants are because one of the big setups ever since the second Hellfire Gala, and this the reincarnation is now out in the world. You have some very wealthy humans trying to bribe the mutants into, you know, basically setting up reincarnation for them if anything ever goes bad. And they keep refusing. And so the choice at the end of this book, they could choose one character who Joey loves or another character who Bob loves. And they chose differently than how they might have a couple months ago. Yeah. So they were running low on eggs. Yes. Because they've had to leave Krakoa. Yeah. The gold balls is running on empty. It's gold no. balls in the five or no shit balls. is hitting the fan. You don't understand. I haven't been reading X Men in a long time. I totally shit dropped off. Is hitting the fan. Is it? People should I go back? Run. Should I go back? I, I'll be honest. I'm enjoying this and uh, crisis, but I'm enjoying this more. Ah, goddamn you! <laughs> I'm enjoying this more. This will be collected in a few months. Just get it when it's collected. Nah. Even Joey said, Joey was like, I think I backed the wrong horse. Oh, he did. Our crisis is a a calamity of multiple errors. Who could have seen that coming? (laughs) DC is so good at events. DC should just put me in charge. I'll do it for free. Yes. I, I just, I think what I'm really enjoying about this is they are really, I think they are going back and they are saying, all right. We wrote a lot of these relationships and a lot of these stories from one perspective in the past, in the historical aspects of from one perspective mm-hmm. in the past. And we realize now under this new lens of 2022, that might have been that, that it might not hold up as well. So in many cases, they're going back and they're saying, yeah, that shit was wrong. We realize now that shit was wrong. And here are some of the consequences. And I go back to the conversation that, 
you know, Steve and Scott had, you know, a few issues mm-hmm. ago where he was just like, after all we've been through, why could, how come you, how could you not tell me? And, and Scott was like, yeah, after all we've been co- through, why would I? <laughs> oh. And I was like, well, damn. Wow. Yeah. What, character, what character can't say that to Steve Rogers? <laughs> I mean, they're, 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 they're calling things out and they're not necessarily saying any one person is wrong, but they're making you really think about it now because mm-hmm. um, yeah. they're looking at history through new lenses. Which is smart. That's good. Yeah. No. So there you have it. <sighs> Sassy Cyclops is the only Cyclops that should ever exist. That's that's my hot take. Sassy brooding <laughs> Cyclops. This is the first unstoppable. This is the first Cyclops I've really I've usually been sort of ambivalent about Cyclops. Like I didn't mm-hmm. hate him, but I, I wasn't like, oh, he's a great mm-hmm. this is the first one I'm sort of like, all right, I kinda like this dude. <laughs> yeah. So, Cyclops is the character I was the apologist for before Damien, so <laughs> <laughs> back, look back in the Claremont Brown days, who was <laughs> Bronwyn? We've already done this. I know, <laughs> we can't I know. do this again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We did this I'm... on the last episode of Thought. <laughs> go, go ahead, Bob. Yeah, John, back me up here. The the Claremont Burns Cyclops was a much different person than the jerk they turned him into yeah. later. Agreed. Oh yeah, he was all about duty and and yeah. whatever Xavier duty. said. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and now now <laughs> no, I, Aaron's absolutely right. The the Cyclops that exists now is just calling every Marvel hero out on their BS. He really is that. the X Men over the last. That, that's you know, much more interesting to me. That's the Emma Frost influence on him. You can see it. <laughs> She's rubbed well, yeah. off. Well, they are in a throuple, so it's all I'm good. I'm telling you. I think they're right. in like a four-way. Yeah, Wolverine. I think, I think Logan's in there somewhere. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, now he's I'm always, interested. He's always been the most in love with Scott of anyone. Let's it's be true, honest. I know. I just, oh my god! This is rocking. Don't come a knocking. This is the last time I have a pen in my hand. I'm writing them down. Essential X Men series going on right now. X Men, X Men Red. X-Men Red, X-Men, um, X-Force a little bit, yeah. X-Force, eh, just the ones he really needs. I think X-Men and X-Men Red yeah. are the probably the top, I would say, right yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. They're the top two. I can do that. Yeah. So Twitter has me convinced that uh, Storm pegged Magneto in X-Men Red. Is that real? Oh, yes, yeah. in a way. It is! Oh, my God! <laughs> Kind of not the way Aaron you're thinking, yes. but not the way you're uh, not, not the like way, Prince not the way you're way, thinking. Just, what is the other way? But I will say, <laughs> I will say, Broadwin, is there another position I can't think of? I mean, I'm curious, there? I'm curious about the uh, other way to peg someone. <laughs> Please, uh, uh, well, put it in the okay. chat. <laughs> well, All right, just say I will just spoilers. I'll just up. say this, I'll just say this spoilers for this one scene and five, four, three. Two, one. If you're still here, it's your fault. In the last issue of X Men Red, basically, the one Eternal snatched out Magneto's heart, and he has basically been keeping his life going using his mutant power to Mm -hmm. basically manipulate the iron in his blood. He was just about to expire, and then next thing you know, Storm arrived, landed behind him, and explained like a true goddess that their powers are attuned and she references mm-hmm. back to the time where he basically did something. He took her power mm-hmm. to do something. So she willingly put her hand in the hole in his chest hmm. to ignite him so that he could fight that, that battle 
with yeah. full power. That's not as exciting. Exactly. Yeah. So basically, she pegged the hole in his chest where his heart used to be. <laughs> okay, that's now, bad. when you say it like that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now, the, what makes that interesting is that Magneto, in a previous issue, destroyed his backups. Yeah, he pulled himself out of the reincarnation. So he can't. He can't be reborn. He can't be oh reincarnated. Ah, oh, so, my cottage core you know, lesbian baby. So when he goes, he's gone. No. So yeah, that's it. So and we're back. Well, she should peg him for real then. <laughs> <laughs> now we're back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now we're definitely back. <laughs> uh, let's quickly skipped right to that moment. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> World's Finest is a master class in comic books. Yeah, I'm just, absolutely. It's, it's amazing. Don't you think, Bob? Yeah, I, I I was sure going in because it was Mark Waite, but you never know because it is still DC. But it's just the nuances from every character, even ones who were in for a little bit, the Doom Patrol early on, a little bit of mm-hmm. Green Lantern, villains and everything, they're just perfection. Absolutely so. And the artwork just is just as good. Yeah. I just love it. I just it's really, so I just enjoyed page after page after page. Just the look of it, the feel of it, the voice of it. I just, I really, really just enjoyed it. I was like, okay, this is, this is, has rolled into my top, my top five. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I'm saying more, and it'll never happen. Mark Wade's a guy who should have a little bit more power in the DC universe instead mm-hmm. of some of the people they have working. Mm-hmm. He loves these characters, you can tell. And it'd be nice that someone wrote them all the way that he does. I think yeah. he's going to be getting a shot coming up here. So rumor has it that he's going to be taking over a few other books. Cool. Mm. Yeah. I have another book that he's writing in my lightning round. Uh-huh. Ooh. Is that a is that an invitation for you to go? <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I thought that was a good segue. Um <laughs> I'll just go right to it. Batman versus Robin, number one, by Mark Wade and Mahmoud Azrar and Jodu Belair on colors and Steve Wands. Uh, so this book is spinning out of World's Finest. Um, the uh, some writers are really good at putting their toys back in the toy box, a la Dan Slott at the end of Fant- his Fantastic Four run. Others are not. And Mark Wade seems to want to rectify many of the things that were done during a certain City of Bane story. Uh-huh. And so this book opens up with a certain British gentleman returning, and it makes <gasps> it doesn't make sense as to why. And things are off. Aaron's favorite Robin is now a magic user. Along with Jakeem Thunder and Tim Hunter going back, way back to the Vertigo Books of Magic. And this book, I didn't know what it was going to be, but it is literally Batman versus Robin. Damian Wayne is now, has connections to an earlier villain in World's Finest. And this thing, if this... If this has the promise of world's finest, it's it it's going to be amazing. Azrar's art is awesome. It has a, a very dark feel here, and I don't want to give too much away, but world's finest, Batman versus Robin. I don't think there is a better writer of classic superhero stories than Mark Wade. 
Um, just like Bob was saying, he should have many, many more books at DC. Um, my next book, DC Pride, Tim Drake, number one. Woo! Yeah. Um, Megan <laughs> Fitzmartin, writer, uh, Belene Ortega and Alberto Jimenez Albuquerque uh, on art. So these stories originally appeared in Batman Urban Legends, but that book was a little pricey for me. So I waited until they were all collected here. And it is time for Tim Drake to take his place as the best Robin there has ever been. (laughs) Um, He's front and center in Zdarsky's Batman. He has a new book of his own coming out this week. But now that Tim's returning to the fold after his time as Red Robin and that god-awful time period is Drake. Um, (laughs) We don't talk about that. (laughs) I talk about it all the time. It's hilarious. (laughs) Don't we all go through our phases where we just make our superhero name our last name? Because that's not (laughs) going to be confusing. Um, Yeah, okay, go for it. And and Chris, this book opened up with cults. Uh, It did, I know. There's a chaos cult kidnapping (laughs) random teens and... uh, while investigating the, the disappearance of teens, he's all, Tim is also trying to find a way to make me happy. Because one thing that has always been great about Tim Drake, he loved being Robin. He chose to be Robin. And he's always kind of had a smile on his face, but he's lost that smile yeah. over the last, I would say, decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he is trying to figure out his life. And as many young teens come to realize his happiness might be with someone right in front of him, like an old friend named Bernard. And I loved, I loved it. It's like, it's, I loved him. Tim, I, I, I mean, I will always have an affinity for Dick Grayson. He is the Robin of note, but when Tim came on the scene, it just changed the bat books. I love the look. And Bernard was introduced a long time ago. And I'm not going to lie. I think it's kind of funny that Bernard was created by Chuck Dixon. And now <laughs> Bernard and wow. Tim Drake are a couple. Right. Um, I love how the Bat family reacted to Tim's choice. I loved how Stephanie, you know, spoiler, and Tim Drake had this long, long relationship. And she was like the first person in his corner. And I just love that everybody was accepting and open and just wants Tim to be happy as we should all be with everybody trying to figure out who they really are. I, I'm so happy that this is printed in one, one, one mm-hmm. volume. I am going to buy extras and give them to students of mine so that they can read it. Brilliant. I just do more Tim Drake. And I know he has his own book coming out this week, yeah. but the, this, these little stories are special and needed to be presented in this manner and do yourself a favor go find them and it's it's a wonderful experience and then i did yeah and then i did something i saw bronwyn and chris were gonna be here and so i knew it was something i had to do yes i caught up on teenage mercenary yes Number 42 through 67 by YC and Rakion. Damn. Ijin. And the long and steamy glares between Ijin and Sukujo are back in my life. Uh Um, (laughs) This book, this webtoon, it's a webtoon. 
is the most ridiculous over the top action thing. I love it. Jin Jin is dealing with the remnants of his past as one of the other mercenaries comes and isn't very happy that he left the mercenary camp. They fight and then they realize, you know what? We should just be bros again and we figure this out. Of course, then Jin goes to work as a bodyguard for a K-pop sensation. And as her ex-manager is trying to force himself upon her, you don't do that. No. You don't do that when the most talented of all talented bodyguards who seems to have the equivalent of beating up even grown adults as they let us know in every other page. Um, <laughs> it's so good. You got his sister. You have, I love, and I think Steve mentioned this once before at the beginning of the book, you thought you had these two characters who were going to be bullies. And then they realized that what they were doing was really shitty. Yep. And now they've become like the greatest of friends. <laughs> so cute i can't (laughs) when one of the rival school bullies tried to to hit on ijin's sister to get back at him and these guys stepped up and beat the piss out of everyone (laughs) i i was like this is this this is the teen drama we need in our lives (laughs) this is a this is a cw show waiting to be made oh my god i i it's such a happy occurrence. I, I, I give it like 20, 20, 20 episodes or so to catch up. And then I just power through them. And I don't Hard know if same. you can get a, I don't know if you can get a more stoic stare than I, Jen. <laughs> and, and damn it, this relationship has to happen. Let's just get on with it. Right? I ship it so hard. are meant for each other. Oh, They're just meant when they, they look are. at each other and, and, Sokaju comes out of nowhere and runs over a bad guy and they just glare at each other and it's like, just come on. It admit it. Admit it. Off your phone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. No, I love me some teenage mercenary. And, and if you're ever looking for a fun time, just click on Webtoons, look it up, and you're going to get sucked into it just like I did. Oh, yes. And I'm Amazing. done. You make me so happy, John. Yes. <laughs> I do what I can. <laughs> Uh, John, definitely be on the lookout for one of Bronwyn's titles tonight because I started reading it last night and okay. I immediately, immediately thought of you. Okay. So, yep. And yeah. then um, is uh, everything is – what is it? Oh, God. What is everything is fine. Online. Everything is fine. Is that – the season two concluded yet or is it no. still going? No, it's still ongoing. Are there a lot of episodes they sort up? Cause- uh, yeah, I think there's like, well, eight or ten. Okay. Maybe I'll go read that too because that yeah. book was trippy as hell. <laughs> Oh, yeah, season yes, two. Dawn. Off the rails. <laughs> yeah, off the rails. Oh, I'm so glad you enjoyed the Tim Drake Pride special, too. Oh, God. That's oh, that so, so good. special. That I have complicated feelings about how long she is taking with this slow burn, but I've talked about them ad nauseum on all my other shows, so I'm not going to get into them here. I'm just yeah. glad she did this. Um, I feel concerned about her having a whole run of Tim Drake, though. I'm feeling conflicted about that but oh fitz martin yeah yeah i I think she just i want her to just commit i'm like just do it just go for it those three issues were i mean they were like short but when when the chaos demon or chaos cult takes bernard and when when he's fighting with robin he's like i just want you to tell tim that i wish we could have finished our date 
Oh, and the, I know. The, Tim's eyes are like, wait, we were on a date? Yeah, I know. And, <laughs> and rather than most teenage him. boys going, ew, we were on a date, he's like, oh, oh we God, were on a we date. Were... And I kind of like that. I know. That it's was so cute. good. I yeah. think it's it was. Just, she, um, she teased it for so long. And then this Pride special has issues that were not in Urban Legend. And they came out like, what, six months later or something like that. We were all waiting for it. We were oh, like, yeah. okay, she's going to do, there's going to be like a big kiss. There's going to be like an identity reveal in the Pride special. And then we get to the Pride special and it's just more hand-holding. Yeah. <laughs> and we were like, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> but um, I'm hoping that maybe with this like full run, People might actually say the word gay at some point. <laughs> yeah. Gay, you bisexual, queer, you. let's go. I don't it, care. Kiss him. I don't care. <laughs> this the slow burn is giving me blue balls. Get on it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they're saving all the magic for the new series? I I okay. Whoa, I think they were testing the waters. I think it's yeah. that. I think we interviewed Megan Fitzmartin. This is not just me commercialing my show, I swear. But we interviewed Megan Fitzmartin about it, and she was very unsure how much she was going to get away with and, like, what they were going to allow and what was her place to tell. And I think part of her wanted to leave that for a queer writer, I think is what she was saying. Mm. Um, so I feel conflicted about her continuing to write it because then I'm like, please don't just keep leaving it for someone else. Like, you're yeah. writing it now, so you got to do it. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. I think like I nobody in DC comics expected it to be a big deal, which is so funny to me. Like mm-hmm. how out of it can you possibly be? And when it exploded, it was on the news and was all over Twitter. It was a shocked response from DB, DC comics. Like they didn't know it was coming. And then they had to scramble to have a statement about it and stuff like that. So I don't think, I think it was complicated and I'm curious yeah. to see what happens now that they're like, oh, we have let the cat way out of the bag here. Be- because when it came out, it was right around the same time that John Kent was coming out. Yeah. And they and had like, press oh, releases. DC's like, turning yeah. Batman or Superman and Robin gay. And yeah. like, oh, they're just telling a really good story and making concrete, powerful relationships. Yes, I wish they were turning Superman and Batman gay, but, you know, we'll get there. Well, that's coming, you know. (laughs) We're working on it. Look at him and Ghostmaker. Batman and Ghostmaker got some sparks. <laughs> that's that's a that's like a past relationship that you know is bad for you, but you just can't yeah. help yourself from getting back into it. Exactly. Every time oh, exactly. it shows up. So Ghostmaker so- is why Batman is ace? <laughs> no, I think if anything, Ghostmaker's been showing him the other side and Bruce likes it. Ah, that's what I think. I think that was like Bruce's experimental phase in college. Ghostmaker is wild. I did not expect to warm to that character as quickly as I did. They were a standout of that run. I would love. Mm -hmm. Are they getting a a standalone at any point? Batman Incorporated coming out. He's the head of it now, and it's got John Timms on art. Who's writing it? I want to say, oh, I'll have to look it up. It was either. It was. I'll I'll look it up. It's coming, right. but it yeah. Yeah. Um it's not it's not Zadarsky like I wanted it to be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Zdarsky's Him writing the main series isn't enough for you. <laughs> no, come on, he should write everything. He should write uh, go big love- or go home. My favorite mm-hmm. thing about Zadarsky writing Tim right now is that every time Tim comes into every issue, Batman's like, have you met my gay son? This is my son who's gay. <laughs> I'm very accepting, my gay son. Some of my best friends are. Yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> it really Thank is. You, Bruce. It's so funny. 
he's clearly proud, but he needs to tone it down. <laughs> Look, he started being a hero in 1939. Give him a break. Yeah. You're just you're that. waiting for Tim to shake his hand and be like, Dad. Uh, Dad yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Inter- don't have to introduce me as your gay son. <laughs> Why do you have to be so embarrassing? God. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, Hey, by the way, in this special, we had we had cults, so you guys were right yes. there, right? So. I, was, yes. I was living. I was feeding. <laughs> <laughs> Do we know who's in charge? Is it Ezra Miller? Ezra Miller free show. Army we, Hammer. And, oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Gone like two weeks without mentioning <laughs> those who will not be mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's there's fan fiction to write. Army and yeah. Ezra are running a cult together. A cannibal cult. Yes. <laughs> With a sex throne. You <laughs> did it. Fill out your bingo cards, kids. We said them all. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna share this amazing headline with you all in the chat and we're gonna move on to Bob's lightning round. <laughs> that headline is That new car smell could be the ass gland of a beaver. <laughs> mm. That, that does actually tie into one of my books. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, leading off with a quick take on Catwoman number 47, which features a working vacation with Selena and her frenemy Valmont, which, as you would expect, goes a bit sideways. Now, what wasn't off in any, the, in any way, though, was the clever writing by Teeny Howard and the very stylish art of Caitlin Yarsky and Jordi Belair. Ooh. Yes. Friend of the I did pod. not know this. Okay. Do you need to pick up Catwoman 47? If you oh, I haven't. It. I just haven't read it yet, but now I will. Now you got it. Avengers Forever, number nine, by Jason Aaron, Aaron Cooter, Cam Smith, Guru FX, and Corey Pettit is something I wouldn't have ordinarily picked up, but I was very taken by the cover that features, well, I'm not sure of the collective noun here, but let's just say it's a cacophony of carols. <laughs> in the, in I like the, that. Thank you. In the overarching story, there's a group of multiversal Avengers that's been forming somehow to counteract some big bads. And here we look in on a Carol Danvers who's a prisoner in a world ruled by the Dark Phoenix and administered by the Hellfire Club, one where flying is prohibited to anyone but the Phoenix herself. Carol has visions of herself aloft. And because she's Carol, she is just going to keep trying no matter the consequence. Now, for all the Carol Corps members out there, you know, who wouldn't have picked this up, I'm telling you, you need to pick this one up. So go for it. Just a very, very powerful issue. Same can be said of Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor, number four, by Torn Gronbach, Michael Dowling, Jesus Arbatov, and Joe Sabino. And that brings a couple of really interesting antagonists into the goings-on that I won't spoil, what I will say is that once again, this book is simply amazing, and I'd be, the best thing I can say always is just wow, just wow. Fantastic Four Forty Seven. David Pepos. Speaking of friends of the pod, Yuan Cable, Jesus Arbutov, Joe Carmagna is a dun, 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 Judgment Day tie-in. <laughs> <laughs> but now that only sets the stage for the action and i'm not reading this axe thing so it doesn't matter so anyway it's kind of over by page two what we have and spoiler alert sorry about that is sue playing the role of john mcclain in die hard at the baxter building yes <laughs> it's a ton of fun and our hans gruber is played by ubelet midas 
aka the Exterminatrix, first seen back in Marvel War by Grant Morrison, more recently in America and The Mighty Thor. And she's looking to break into a vault too, but this isn't full of Barabons, but Reed Richards, whose brain she needs to pick, literally. <laughs> great first chapter of a two-parter. It's just super set up, on-target characterization, and cool art portraying it too. So great job by David and his team. Finally, speaking of beaver stuff, the Harley Quinn 30th anniversary special. <laughs> right on the cover. It featured the usual, for this sort of thing, amazing assortment of creators that includes Mindy Lee and Terry and Rachel Dodson, Paul Dini, Gail March, Sam Humphreys, and Erica Henderson. For the top of my list, Amanda Connor, Jimmy Palmiotti, and Chad Harden. They take Harley back to Gotham. And Ponche, it shows us his side, at least, for, of the very beginning of the Harley-Ivy Harley Harley relationship, which has a surprising starter's gun, let me just say, uh, for how it all begins. On those last two creator teams, by the way, I never, ever do this, especially at a $10 price tag, but I couldn't decide between the covers by Amanda Connor and the one by Stapon, so I bought both. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, so, there you so, go. So shoot me, but I, I just had to. And that that is it for me. <laughs> Um, did you, okay. Uh, Aaron, why don't you jump in here? So I, I don't even know which one to start with. I'm going to start with Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor. Love, love, love it. Um, it continues to be, again, it's, there's these little things that, that just keep me going and that just sort of attach to my brain and keep me moving forward. I've said several times in the past that I love how there's always an A plot, a B plot. And here's the thing, you don't actually really know what the A or B plot are. They're just yeah. two separate plots that you know at some point are going to be related and all come together and sort of make it work. But they have so many characters, you know, in this book, you, I mean, you have Jane, you have Thor, you have Runa, you have Sif, you have uh, Bill, you have uh, just all of these Hildegard, you have all these characters and somehow they all matter. Yes. You know, in, in the story. And I just really, 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 Enjoy it, and I'm, but I gotta be honest, I'm really tired of seeing the Enchantress at this point. They, they've been they've been using her a lot. They've been running her heavy these days. I'm like a little bit goes a long way, but luckily she was in it. And I, I, I don't know. I there was there was a scene with Jane, that um, one? and that the, one? yes, yes, um, that, that okay. really hit me hard. Yeah, um, and I had to really just sort of sit in it for a second um, because it was kind of emotional and it was kind of it was perspective giving. And I, I just, you know, it, it was, it was tough, but it was, it was, it was a great scene. It really, really was um, getting into fantastic 447. It really just reminded me of that. invisible. why I love that invisible woman uh, mini that was done a while back. I can't even remember who did it, but I was it Mark Wade. I believe it was Mark Wade. Mark Wade. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, Mark Wade and Matthias um, De Ulis. That, yeah, that and I she was just amazing there, and just hearing that, hearing Reed narrate exactly how amazing she was, she is was it just added to it. Um, yeah, it, just super fun. I I love how this was going. Um, I don't know a single thing about that villain, and didn't really care. 
I knew something was off with that character because, you know, they identified her as an accountant, but I'm like, um, those are not accountant boots. And then, <laughs> really? Okay, wait, I got I to go look back at that. Go I never back. noticed that. Oh, yeah. Go back. Okay. Oh, yeah. She's down there. You can see her little black boots. And I'm like, those are not accountant boots. I'm like, someone went really deep in the detail on those boots because... <laughs> Yeah, oh no. yeah. Oh, yeah, those are from those are nicely. from the back room of a very seedy place that you buy certain types say, of materials from. Nicely played. <laughs> so I know what yeah. accountant is code for. Okay, yeah, right. Hey, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, this is thirsty was, on tune crossover. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I don't know who she is, but I know something's not right. Because <laughs> those boots. If you know what I so, mean. But, yeah. But I loved it. I really just love Fantastic Four as well. But Jane Foster and Mighty Thor just sort of took me away this week. Amen. Uh, uh, back when Torn Gronbeck was co-writing with Jason Aaron, and you okay, we, we we definitely saw a rising talent, but you're never sure exactly what is the relationship. He did he plot it? Did she write from that point of view? And now that we've seen this, it's Wow, I think she was probably giving more to Jason Aaron than he was giving to her. Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, because she, she certainly. I, I don't think the story of Jane Foster has suffered at all. No, uh, it might be deepened know, and, as a matter of fact because yeah. now she's Thor and Valkyrie at the same time. Everyone realizes who she is as a character, the depth, yeah. the, the, the depth and breadth of, of who she is, and that that's that scene you're describing is killer, absolutely killer. Yeah. Did she come out of an egg? No, no, no. She regressed to a harder time in her life. Aww. There you go. You didn't take the bait on that bigger joke, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> John, uh, John, you want to jump in here? Oh, no, I, I, I just concur with everything that they said about Fantastic Four number 47. This was a solid issue. It's very, it is very diehard-esque and, uh, I was not expecting Abulette to show up, but I I loved her back in that Marvel Boy back in the early 2000s, and uh, I haven't seen much of her recently, but it, it, it was a fun little go. And then, yeah, Avengers Forever is finally picking up um, uh, the past couple of issues, and Jason Aaron's Avengers has actually been uh, kind of coming together finally, and right before he wraps them all up and these two titles are going to converge. Uh, it, it, I, it was a very, I love alternate stories and I thought it was a very good alternate Carol story with the root of that character still intact. Yeah. Where's this all going? Am I right in thinking there's a whole new Avengers forming and everyone gets an issue? Yeah, is that so the Tony Stark Ant-Man from the other earth is putting together um, an alternate universe Avengers. And then we have our Avengers and it's all going to culminate in one big story kicking off early 2023. That will be Jason Aaron's swan song on uh-huh. that title. Hmm. So, yeah, we're going somewhere finally. <laughs> finally. <laughs> it took us a while. Should be After interesting. After all this time. <laughs> so, Steve, how, how badly down the rabbit hole am I if I'm actually buying alternate covers of $10 books? Is it time for me to get intervention? I think it might be. I think you I think you should do what you want, Bob. Okay. <laughs> that was the direction I wasn't expecting this to go. Too no, if you you know live your truth. <laughs> if you're feeling it, like I, I we actually were downtown the other day and I stopped in our uh, local LCS and I saw those covers. They were gorgeous. Hmm. 
Um, and you know, you gotta you gotta indulge every now and again. You can't. Uh, I see what's happening. Cut here. the corners everywhere. No, Bob should treat himself. Why no, not? No, no. Let's see what I can treat himself, Bob. Yeah, Steve, but you're just defending how much you spend on comics right oh, now. Uh, listen, I don't know. I think, I think this is part of Bob's entry into the slut era competition. Ooh, hmm. multiple variants. I like yeah. That. Yeah. Well, you know, I could have <laughs> just, just bought the Amanda Connor cover, and there's a page that before Stapon's story that has the cover, but then I can't have I can't have books in the two collections you know yeah but you know so, what bob at the end of the day you are you are a loyalist through and through mm-hmm. and you you share connections to these creators like deep what connections is- that you've you've fostered over the years okay as, I, right, so, as i'm sitting in my kitchen i have a signed sunstone print to my left and oh. two different amanda connors one of power girl and one of she hulk just absolutely crushing tony stark in arm wrestling Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Like not to turn this around on me, but like I, <laughs> there it is. We have a, we have no, like we, we have access to books, right? Like we have review folders, we have offers from people uh, asking us to read their things and whatever. But even when we interview people or it's, or it's friends of the podcast, or whatever, I still purchase everything outright, mm-hmm. you know, out of a, a respect for the creator and for wanting it to be a part of the collection and stuff. And I think that's something that we've all, a lot the value of, us have done. of their art. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Exactly. I mean, it's, you know, a spot talking with them is always wonderful and everything to promote the book. But, you know, if you believe in it, you go that extra, extra little bit and make it a part of your collection and make sure you give them the money. Like, you know, vote with your dollar and all that exactly. stuff. Okay. I feel much better about that now. See, of course you should feel good about it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had to have a tuna fish sandwich for dinner on Sunday, but, you know, that's, that's. <laughs> <laughs> been there bob <laughs> all right i think it's time i think it's time to to move over to the other side and uh bronwyn okay <laughs> all, right, all right all right all right all right <laughs> okay john this is the one you want to keep an eye out for all right because we're gonna start talking about 21st century knights Woo! with a k so meet Teresa, a crock-wearing, no-fucks-giving, badass 21st century knight. She kicks ass and takes names without breaking a nail. And she does it all without the traditional knight advantage of an anima, the ethereal, summonable weapon the knights are known for. But Teresa? She's got an agenda. And dear Lord Byron on a button, do not get in her way. You will not enjoy it. <laughs> This creator is Plastic Botru, (laughs) and this story is so beautiful. The art is exceptional. The characters are all stunning, and Teresa is hysterical. Like, I am so deep in it, I can't even see the sun anymore, and I still don't know if she's a hero or a villain, and I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) She is everything. She's amazing. And, like... I thought she was going to kill somebody when they actually hurt her croc. (laughs) She's in full like office casual gear and wearing orange crocs because they match her hair. (laughs) Oh my God. I love her so much. She is aspirational. I think that's a theme actually through my books. (laughs) So yeah, the action is ridiculous. The, um, the scroll format is utilized beautifully oh, and so good. it the art is just 
top shelf here. So that one is another one that you will very much enjoy if you liked the uh, the murder baby escapades of, of uh, <laughs> iGen. <laughs> so. uh, my second book is Let's Cast Off. So do you love queer romance? Do you no love idea. sailing? Do you love family drama? Do you love beautiful people? If you answered yes to any of these questions, do I have the webtoon for you? And if you've answered no to any of these, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> so, <laughs> but seriously, Let's Cast Off is a beautiful, heartwarming sports romance drama on the water full of pretty men who all say ahoy. <laughs> there you go. What more do you want? I mean, honestly, what more do you want? <laughs> It's really lovely. It's just, it's a really lovely story. Um, there's, you know, there's a relationship between brothers. There's really strong friendships. There's um, lots and lots of ahoy. <laughs> 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 and everything you can ship it, I swear. It's lovely. This and looks like Fence meets uh, Knights of Sidonia. Yes. Yes. That's oh excellent. Yes. Okay. Uh, the creative name is Shorny. Uh, my final book for today is Death Rescheduled, created Woo! by Snail Lords. And I am a Great Snail title. Lords fan. I love everything Snail Lords does. The art is spectacular. The characters are amazing. The color is so saturated. It's beautiful. But you got to picture this. A world where everyone is allotted one murder per year. It's like the Purge light. No age limit. <laughs> Much happier with that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> So the only thing that you are limited to is that you only get one per year. So our main character, Crail, learns very young how brutal this actually is when his best friend is killed. And so he dedicates his life to ending the kill law. Oh, yeah. And oh. people have these weird superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> um, he has this unbelievably amazing team of strange and beautiful friends committed for their own reasons to helping him end this law. We have Seppi, the healer. We have Imai, the chaos goblin. And we have Kise, who is my absolute favorite, the utterly aspirational agender bestie with big daddy energy. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I ship it so hard. Oh, my God. But seriously, it's full of sass. It's full of, um, like, beautiful color and these incredible friendships. And then this, like, weirdly disparate violence. <laughs> it's incredibly gory. And yet somehow yeah, still beautiful. So... I love this story. It's incredible. It's really interesting. And I just, it makes me laugh every issue, which you wouldn't expect from something with that much blood. <laughs> well, sometimes <laughs> they can go hand in hand. Apparently. Seen Hannibal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair. <laughs> I just realized I've also read 21st Century Nights, but in classic Thirsty style, I'd been calling it something else in my head. <laughs> this is my shocked face. <laughs> <laughs> you started describing it, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> what do you call it? I don't know what I was calling it. It'll come to me. It's pro probably just night story, like gay wolf book. Let's be honest. They're not creative, all their names. <laughs> <laughs> so those are all your books? They Robin? are, yep. Awesome. <laughs> um, I started reading 21st Century Nights just last night, and... Like I said earlier, John, I immediately thought of you because it reminded me it has pangs of, um, oh my God, was it Teenage Assassin? Mm -hmm. Teenage Mercenary. Teenage Mercenary. Thank you. Um, wait, wait, wait. What is Chris called Teenage Mercenary? Okay. Uh, I <laughs> Murder Baby. <laughs> I do call it Murder Baby. <laughs> 
confusingly <laughs> because it's one of like 12 things I call murder baby. Yes, yeah. this is true. <laughs> um, John, if you're a fan of the way that series kind of moves with the scrolling format mm-hmm. and you've read um, the first season of Everything is Fine, this has like one of the most epic kind of like falling scrolls for webtoon that i've encountered it is amazing it's a it's more of a like a fancy leap from one side of the page to the other and so as you're scrolling down you're kind of dashing off the sides of your reading device mm-hmm. to like finally land uh not a killing blow but like a direct hit to the chest with both feet from like several stories up as you're scrolling down like reading this monologue this series so far, I'm only three episodes in. They're pretty like They're beefy, episodes. lengthy yeah. episodes. Yeah, it feels like you're reading a full ass like 26 page comic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's legit. It is absolutely gorgeous. It's like on par with the art of Teenage Mercenary, if not a little bit more to my aesthetic. Like it's got a hard um, anime feel to it, but it also has a little bit of a liquid television vibe mm-hmm. to it. Yes. Very much I, so. Um, you guys don't need to sell me. I was reading the first <laughs> issue while I'm trying. My kids, my kids might have to have a project in class tomorrow. because <laughs> no. Amazing. It looks, gotta, it looks amazing. I, I'm going to definitely check this one out. It's, it's so really much good. fun, John. Yeah. You, it's got like search. a... Sorry, oh, go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. No, I'm going to switch the other one, so go ahead. Um, no, I'm just... like it's It's got... um. Like one of the things that I've I've found in common with a lot of the webtoons that I've been reading is I run into a lot of tournament style webtoons where they always enter in like that um, that series Plum that I talked about with the fruit stacking uh, from a couple Mm -hmm. months ago. Uh, It's got a unique tournament when they're they're introducing the different fighters and the different anima and characters that they use and everything. You'll enjoy the ride. It's it's. I'm going to keep reading it. Uh, we'll catch back up when you come back onto the show. Yeah, well, that that is because the algorithm is now attuned to your tournament love, Steve. Because we talked about <laughs> this before. It's really good with the algorithm of finding you. You just can't find them. It's about the only good thing that that UI actually does. That's, that's what it's I was going to say. If you're going to look for less cast off, it's in cap locks, and you have to put it in cap locks, or half the time it will not show up. So yeah, yeah their their search functions are so broken. I, you're better really... off searching in Google for the yes. webtoon. Like yeah. so, let's cast off webtoon in Google. Mm-hmm. That'll get you there because like, I, I can't tell you how help, many times. Yeah. I've just like shouted at Brownwin, please just send me it because I, I do. can't, I yeah. cannot find it with the title. <laughs> yeah. I just Google it and it popped right up. It's the first thing that comes up. Yeah. Yeah. So Webtoons, much easier. Fix your search function, please. God. Oh, please. <laughs> dear God. <laughs> just, you think Comixology's change was bad. You haven't been on Webtoons. <laughs> <laughs> and I spend a lot of time on Webtoon. Like, <laughs> No, it's not figure outable. It's not like it just takes time. It's no, impossible. it's broken. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Chris, did you want to switch to one of Brahman's other books? Sure. Uh, I I have just started Death Rescheduled again. I started it once and went, oh, wow, too scary. And then Bronwyn told me I needed to stay in until it got gay. So that was my bad. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, it freaked me out. Those first few issues are like genuinely scary. And I like horror, but they were scary. Yeah. 
Um, but I, I'm back in. You've got you've got me back on board. Look, kiss eye and that big daddy energy in somebody yeah. who's completely agender. Like so, kiss eye oh, is this incredible that. character. Like they're so beautiful. Um, they are mostly non-binary, but they're actually able to change their body from male to female to non-binary <sighs> at any given goal. point, depending on what they want to do or how they want to present. Mm. And they're such a cool character. <laughs> I think we discussed this. I think it was off air, possibly on our last episode. That's the superpower I want in my life. That would be right? amazing. Oh my kidding? God. This character Ugh. is so cool. Oh God. Okay. I'm on, I'm on board. <laughs> <laughs> and they call amazing. the main guy Crayol. They call him crayon. <laughs> oh, that's, adorable. <laughs> that's his nickname. It's really cute. <laughs> adorable 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 <laughs> alright Chris it is your turn okay so I didn't successfully narrow it down so I'm just gonna go faster that's my plan <laughs> that's always my plan it works well you, Chris I know Bob you inspired me to not do <laughs> just three like I was supposed to um, so this even though Halloween month has not started, I went ahead and started my own Halloween celebration early this year because I just needed it in my life. So I am officially reading my yearly tradition of horror, mystery, and monster fucker. And that's what I brought you today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With one notable exception that you'll all see on the list because I had to. <laughs> <laughs> But starting out with Monster Fucker, I read the webtoon Vampire Magica, which I am obsessed with. It is about a vampire who is deeply, deeply in love with an anime that is basically Sailor Moon. And all that he wants in this world is to be a magical boy. And then one day, a mysterious bat falls through his ceiling with a mysterious looking wand and he can become a vampire magical boy. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> it is gay and colorful and bright and so much fun. It is like Halloween monsters, but through a Sailor Moon color lens. Oh, <laughs> I need I'm it. Obsessed with it. Oh, <laughs> uh, after that, I actually got an arc of the traditional comic Hollow by Shannon Waters, Brandon Boya White, and Bernice Nell, which is so good. Uh, it should be out soon. I think it's next week that it comes out. Hollow is a uh, story that takes a, a queer story, of course, that takes place in the town of Sleepy Hollow, where the whole town's tourist industry has become about the legend of Sleepy Hollow. And our main character, whose last name just happens to be Crane, moves to town and everyone starts to wonder if Izzy Crane might have something to do with Ichabod Crane, especially when she falls in love with the descendant of the woman that Ichabod Crane loved. It is cryptids, it is super funny, and uh, those two get together with the help of their himbo bestie to solve a magical crime. (laughs) I love it so much. (laughs) That sounds amazing. It's really good. (laughs) What's the name of this one again? Hollow. Okay. Hollow. Shannon Waters from the Lumberjanes? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yes, yes. Okay. Um... I didn't make that connection until just now. Yes, it is. <laughs> I've also been playing a bunch of cozy games. So probably the next few times I come on, I'll talk about different ones of it. But I have to talk about the Halloween one I've been playing. It is called Witchwood. 
it is basically you get to play as Baba Yaga and your whole mission is to assemble pieces of potions to put them together to rescue a woman that has been put under a curse. It's a little gay. It is deeply fall and you just get to be Baba Yaga. Like who wouldn't want that as you run around on your little chicken legs? It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> rescue? I don't see. I don't picture Baba Yaga doing rescues somehow. But okay, right? You know, you just got to be on stretch. the right. You got to yeah. be on the right side of history. You know, and Baba Yaga will come help you. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is pretty. It's so good. I, oh, wait of- a minute. I saw, yes, I saw the trailer for this a while ago. I had this on my alerts. I wonder why it didn't go off when this came out. I wanted to play this. Well, play it because it's amazing. I'm I'm obsessed. I can't hardly put it down to do anything else, to be totally honest. Yeah, this definitely looked cool. I remember when the trailer for this came out. This looks crazy. I think I described it to you the other day as a little bit Legend of Zelda and a little bit Stardew Valley. And that's exactly what it is. Yeah. (laughs) I need it in my life. Right. Uh, so while we're on the spooky vibes, my favorite show of all time is finally yeah. back after the longest fucking hiatus of all time. Lots of spooky season two. <laughs> <laughs> I won't give any spoilers. Not that this show can really be spoiled to be totally honest. Um, if you don't know, cause too many people don't know. Lots of spooky is a super hilarious, creepy, Welcome to Night Vale vibe story in which every character is queer and most of the story is told in Spanish. All of the actors are Latinx. It is delightful and so good and it is exactly made for me. It is about a uh, crew of queer friends that want to make props for horror movies but can't get hired. So they make horror movie props for other events like faking a monster sighting to bring tourism to a town or faking an exorcism to mess with a priest. (laughs) I know it's great. My favorite one is when they fake a uh, alien invasion so that a science lab can get funding. Look, look, <laughs> funding is important, okay? Okay, okay, yeah. science lady. Oh, yeah, wait a minute. Lost <laughs> of Spooky is so good, and it is just, it's just indescribable. There's nothing like it, and it is the exact intersection of everything I love. Also, the main character is Ace. Yes! <laughs> oh, I love The him. rarest of the rare. You know, <laughs> my favorite line from Ronaldo is when he is like, I don't want sex. I just want to make horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> Where can we see this, by the way? It's on HBO Max. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So please. And it's also really short. They're 20-minute episodes. There's eight episodes in each season. So, you know, take it out in a day. You can totally do it. Amazing. Okay. So I diverted out of my month of horror because I have to to consume all things Batman, even including shows made for preschoolers. So I watched Bat Wheels. Yes. <laughs> and I loved it. I was was expecting like Paw Patrol with a Batman covering. And instead, what I got was a homage to both Schumacher and the 60s Batman. I was so shook. (laughs) It has, it's clearly made by somebody who loves those two properties. The Gotham looks like the Schumacher Gotham. It just does. It's colorful and bright and neon. Meanwhile, the sense of humor and the like 
a way of being in the world is fully 60s Batman, including and not limited to the theme song being inspired by that theme song and the transition between scenes being inspired by that little uh, whirly thing. Yes, yes. But they have their own uh, Bat Wheels take on it. The plot line of this is that, um, well, Batman, Robin, and Batgirl, and by the way, it is a black Damian Wayne Robin and fully Asian cast that are his Batgirl and Robin. Love it. Um, they are distracted by a scheme and they get you know out of the scene when somebody attacks the bat cave so the bat computer decides to bring the batmobile to life to fight the crime yes <laughs> she then brings all of the like various robin's car batgirl's bike the bat copter and like the bat uh helicraft to life as well to fight the villains Meanwhile, the villains decide this is a great idea and bring all of their cars to life. So you have like a hyena looking car that's Harley's. You've got an ice cream truck that's Mr. Freeze. You know, it's stuff like this. It is so clever. I was laughing the whole time. I had the biggest smile on my face. And I was like, this is for preschoolers. Why am I so happy right now? And um, that is my lightning round. Holy exits, Batman. What is yes. it? It looks like a door, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so that I love it so much. John, it sounds like you got to get on this. You got to. I am all over this. My kids and I are doing yeah. this this weekend. You got to. So far, this will be one episode, which I got really sad about because I hit next, and I was like, no. <laughs> I was so, banned from watching the Paw Patrol with my kids anymore because I had a problem <laughs> with a town that seated all control of law enforcement and public services to a, a rich little kid and Yo. his dogs while some the mayor of the town walked around with her chicken. Um, You're the guy walking around with defund Paw Patrol shirt, aren't you? So, John, speaking of the Paw Patrol, have you ever seen the theory video about the characters actually all being dead? No, I have not seen that, but I'm incredibly interested in, I'm in send it to all, you. <laughs> all things Paw Patrol because I want to know who's funding writer. How is a town just completely seated all territorial control to these dogs and, and a kid who can't be more than 10? And is anybody else ever incredibly bothered when the voices of characters change? Because writers yes. had like three yes. different voices – not that I've you know spent a I mean, good majority of the last puberty, five or six you know? years. No, it's like a Brady Bunch episode. Yeah. When it's time to change. change. No. Um, <laughs> and then and, oh no, and then you got the the kid, the cats, and and Mayor Humdinger, and oh, yeah. why don't you just ban Mayor Humdinger from ever coming to <laughs> town? And maybe your lives would be a lot better. And then I'm always sad when he doesn't choose the right. <laughs> Pubs, you know, like all these pubs get ready to go, and then he only he always chooses Marshall, and then he always chooses uh, um, uh, whoever the police dog is. I can't think Chase. of his name right now. Chase. And, and Chase, thank you. And then it's like Rocky and Rubble are just sitting over there going, "Don't we have anything to do? Don't you love us, Ryder? You got to show love and respect to all your dogs equally." Don't even mention the girl dogs that never. Oh yeah, Sky Everest and, and Zuma. And yes. Zuma, Zuma. Was it? I don't know if Zuma, I, well, honestly, Zuma might just be fixed and we're all good with whatever she wants to be or they want to be. <laughs> um, 
She's now with they. Yeah, she's transitioned. Yeah, she, let's, let's John, go. I feel like I feel like you're working through some stuff with this. Right? Show. Like John, oh. you can be so happy right now. Yeah, I have no. never heard anyone be this passionate about podcasts. I'm trying to picture you because I, I I would imagine this is not the case, but I'm just picturing you sitting on the couch. Your kids are like on the floor in front of the TV glued to it, and you've just got a beer in your hand. You're like maybe three or four in, and you're just like, oh, I'm here, I'm dinger. You gotta be kidding me. Shouting at your children, can you please explain the monetary yeah. funding in this town? Look, my well, dad a, used yeah. to sit and watch kids' TV with us when yeah. we were little, and he would make the dirtiest, most awful side commentary <laughs> that I did not get at all until I was Amazing. an adult and repeating it to people in university. <laughs> So and oh they're gosh. looking at me like I'm on crack <laughs> and I'm hearing it in my, you know, I'm hearing it back with my adult brain instead of yeah. just repeating what I heard as a child, you know, and I'm like, oh, no, oh, oh, oh no, dad. Oh, no. <laughs> I guess that brings up the question. Who do we ship in the Paw Patrol puppies? Oh, well, no, here's my thing. I was is, like, no, I will not. <laughs> um, oh, the, the French cousin and the, the ship captain. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't think they're cousins. I think it's a it's a 1970s cover. They're roommates. Yeah, they're roommates. This is my French cousin. Um, (laughs) Oh my god, you're so right. That sounds very gay. (laughs) Yes, it does. And and you know, just because you know, random families are just spread across the 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 globe like that. (laughs) But if no, I think um, I think Marshall and Chase have a little. Yeah. Side thing going on, like we're the most popular ones. Yes, we are. They totally oh, himbo they on himbo action. I love uh-huh. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're uh, sniffing each other's butts and knows what's I going on. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, the nose knows, right, Bob? In yep. the yes, hell. indeed. So. <laughs> now, <laughs> you know, uh, what there, I uh, look, the, uh, kids shows always say. have layers, you know. But this, I think we've we've penetrated way beyond. <laughs> Oh, what something's being penetrated. <laughs> oh, oh. I hope you appreciated that setup. That was on I did, purpose. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so Brilliant, Bob. Really oh, well yeah. done. So good. I wasn't expecting this to be where our bat wheels discussion went, but I'm so happy. <laughs> right? Like I knew that we would bring the thirst to Thirsty on Tune, but, yeah, but I, I thought it would be about something other than the bat wheels <laughs> and I Paw Patrol. <laughs> you, you, you bring Paw Patrol. We're, don't even get me started on Sheriff Callie. John, what's the name of your fan fiction account that you write Paw Patrol fix on? Um, <laughs> drop it here. Yes, please. Please drop it here. It's Golden it- Doodle. <laughs> 6969? Yes. GoldenDoodleHumdinger.com. <laughs> golden Doodle Golden Showers Humdinger 5569. Oh, <laughs> golden Doodle Golden Showers. Willful oh Fire God. Hydrant. Oh, no. <laughs> So, Chris, thank you for for bringing Vampire yeah. Magic in here. I I did have to search a little bit, you know. If I, I did a Google search, and it came up right away, and it is charming, beautiful. Our lead character is yearning for something he doesn't quite have. It is it is really a little sad. Yeah. Until he finds. What gets him to the next step? A falling bat and a magic wand, like is a little pendant. Yeah. It, it was. It was. It was adorable. It is. It, it, it's funny in that it has the anime 
coloring, so to speak, where you get into the pastels, but his, the real life portions of it are the purples and browns and yeah. horror things. Loved it. I will be I will be continuing to check this one out. Thank you for bringing it to the table. I'm glad to. Yeah, I'm looking forward to adding that one to my pull list. Oh, you're going to love it. Yeah. Awesome. I've made like three different things of episode art. I don't know which one I'm going to pick. <laughs> I, I hope one of them's Paw Patrol. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes! <laughs> Here, I'll... Uh, I'll, Paw, I'll Paw Patrols, uh, okay, uh, pardon me. Paw Patrols with legs. You know, what dogs do with legs. You know, you remember? <laughs> I, I would go and see, I would go there. But we're family, family friendly, kind of. Are we? Are we? Not tonight, no. no. I don't think you invite us on, you aren't. Yeah. It's a, a family friendly image so far, but there's, a, there's still time. There's so <laughs> still time. So, um, all right. I think, at all. I think we've arrived. We've arrived at the moment where uh, I'm going to have to assume control of this beast <gasps> and bring you through the remainder of my journey. Good luck to you. With Secret Invasion. Whoa. We'll see you on the other side. <laughs> Where to begin? Okay, so don't worry about spoilers. Know, it's too many years out. Don't worry, just go. Yeah, yeah, You're we're fine. not we're not worried about spoilers. We'll say the same thing. If you didn't listen to last week's show, go back and listen to last week's show. We did a big recap of uh, Secret Invasion up to the point where I read, I have finished the omnibus. Whoa, have nice. I finished? Secret Invasion, though, is the question that we will eventually ask. Okay. I was very curious as to when I came on last week and I went through my whole spiel about all this Secret Invasion stuff. You guys were very excited for me to read the latter half of this. I really, really, really enjoyed the ride. I don't know if the second part was as satisfying as some of the setup. Um, I got very lost at at a few points in this. So I'm hoping that you can maybe bring me through a couple of things and clarify a couple of things, if you can remember. John so, can, I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> I got so you, Steve. I'm just yeah. gonna say that this is this is overall talk. I didn't break everything apart into issue by issue because there's just too much of it. Um, this is talking about Secret Invasions 5 through 8. I don't even remember there being eight issues for that core series, but okay. Uh, Secret Invasion 5 through 8, Mighty Avengers 12 through 20, and New Avengers 31 and 32. First thing that I will say, I absolutely loved some of the more surprise, some of the more devastating aspects of this series because there are some real hardcore hits in this Marvel event. Um, I loved reading about the scroll Queens transformation into Jessica drew again, my big spoilers for, for all of this stuff. So if you've not read it, secret invasion, go read it and come back. Um, However, I mean that, that issue, that issue was huge. Like not only, I mean, I did see it coming, but it was, we have a question later on in the show of like shocking moments. This would probably qualify for me. It was more about the, the shock of the confirmation than the actual reveal itself 
where it just it all made so much sense that you would put this person in that position to be the the manipulator that she is in this story. However, I have questions about this reveal. How I don't know that I ever caught this or if they ever explained it in the series. How was Jessica Drew's identity available to the Queen before Secret Invasion? Like, was Jessica dead? Was she missing? Was she being unused as a character? More of the latter than I think yeah. anything else, right, John? Bendis had a Bendis had a, an affinity for that that character. He'd done a mini series about her previously, mm-hmm. and Secret Invasion was basically Bendis's. He could return anybody that he wanted to to do a status quo. And so, did you read? I can't remember. Did you read the um, um, the Illuminati book in that? Oh yeah, they, yeah. So with the elect Electra scroll. They, they they never really say why Jessica was chosen, other than the fact that Bendis wanted to bring her back to some notoriety. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And it was a character that nobody would expect to uh, be that yeah. that prominent. Well, with Tony's right, but- in so many worlds for her, right? Shield and mm-hmm. Hydra and everything. It gave her a lot of leeway. Right. Do they ever clarify? When she assumed that identity, though, was it at the start of the the secret invasion or no? No, before she'd been, that, uh, she'd been Spider Woman probably three or four years by that point. Easily. So yeah, they they if you you might not have picked up on it, but when when that big ship opens up in in the Savage Land and all the, some of the heroes come off, those are like their circa mid nineteen eighties. Mm-hmm. outfits and so with with marvel's nine-year moving timeline you have to think that she had been taken over you know at least four or five years previously okay and then this yeah then they spend a ton of time she, yeah. yeah and then they spend a ton of time after secret invasion of her reclaiming her life and that leads into the um um I can't uh, Bendis's Spider Woman series that he did with Alex Maleev for a while. Okay, oh, I great series. Yeah, it think it would have been smart to do an issue where instead of one of those like J- Joey had mentioned that there were some silent issues mm-hmm. in this run, they weren't so much silent issues in that they were issues with like large swaths of just full page spreads with like little text. But it would have been nice for them to frame the Jessica Drew stuff a little bit better. Um, Cause I was pretty much confused by that the entire time and just let it go. But it was kind of in the back of my mind the whole time that I never really understood how she came to be a part of all of this and where she was like ahead of time. And then my last question about her is the is the Jessica Drew that we know now the one in the in the Ewing run and the one in the that shows up in Captain Marvel? Is that the Scroll Queen no. converted no. into? No. Okay, no, 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 they're all gone. No. All the scrolls are gone, and so you brought back all like you brought back Mockingbird, who was Hawkeye's um, uh, ex-wife at the time, and then she shows up in Dan Slott's Spider-Man later, kind of, and then the um. Oh, can't, who wrote that? Uh, Kane. Who wrote the Mockingbird? Um, Chelsea Kane. Oh, Chelsea, Chelsea Kane. Chelsea Kane. Yeah, that was kind of her reestablishing her life, 
in the wake of Secret Invasion. I will it's I will so give good. you this. This the Secret Invasion and a lot of the Bendis stuff of this time period, they just assume that if you were still reading comics book at this point in time, you were in the know and that they didn't need to do the big recaps of things, which is detrimental to new readers. This yeah. is a very hard time period just yeah. to enter comics. Yeah, especially Cons- w- worse for people looking backwards as you are, Steve, because you're right. now looking at the Jessica Drew of today. John and looking- I, who read it then, were look, we had our, our own problems, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but looking backwards 20-something years out, wow, yeah, I, I can hardly imagine what you're going through. I think that it would have been a good idea to just to cement that considering how big a part she plays in the overall scheme and how like integral she is to all the moving parts. If there was any character that really, really their position needed to be cemented in this story where they came from, they do tell you, like they do show you there's a whole issue dedicated to her assuming the identity. Um, One of the best issues in the entire run in my opinion, because while it does give an example of an absurd violation of Jessica's personhood that I found really disturbing, it actually talks about it. It doesn't, it shows it, it goes into the emotion of it. Um, It doesn't just say we did this terrible thing to her, but we have so much story to tell and so many characters to deal with. So we're not going to take the time to dedicate to telling you, why this is a terrible thing to do to someone. And one of the things that Bendis does repeatedly in the series, and is one of the things that I think is the absolute best thing about it is that he really reveals the scrolls to be these, these, this horrible heart, what they do. Like I've, I've mentioned the purple, I'm going off on a tangent right now, but like Mm -hmm. I've mentioned the purple man and how, how terrifying I find that character when we were talking about uh, Jessica yeah. Jones and uh, the variants from Gail Simone yes. and how whenever the purple man comes back, how big of a threat it is because of the uncertainty that they pose. The scrolls do the same thing by assuming other people's identities. And you can never really be sure, especially with this new scroll situation where for a time in the story, they're undetectable. Yeah. Yeah. So, I now understand why this part of her life is always touched upon in these stories that come after Secret Evasion, why the the scroll stuff is mentioned in the Al Ewing thing, why they recall to it every now and again mm-hmm. in Captain Marvel when they're having like mm-hmm. deep talks or whatever. Um the it's such an absurd violation of of who she is, her heroine career, and it, it's it's such a black mark that is not it's not her fault. It wasn't even her. You know, but somebody walking around with your face and right. and manipulating your own people to your own ends to overthrow the entire world, it it's huge and it it gives a lot of weight to the Jessica Drew character. I'm a little surprised that she hasn't come off a bit more. Um, I don't want to say tragic, but like Jessica Jones has this this hauntedness to her, this like sadness to her a lot of the time um, that you can feel in her stories. Jessica Drew doesn't really have that in my experience. um, Two things. One, you have to remember that this is the pretty much the fourth of 
a, a, a series of events that started with Avengers disassembled where she's brought back into the fold, then house of M then mm-hmm. civil war now secret invasion. And in the wake of secret evasion, the Avengers, the new Avengers were still on the run because this is where Osborne becomes the, 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 the dark Avengers and pretty much takes over the world. And in that new Avengers book, Bendis does in the wake of secret evasion, they play a lot with Jessica coming to terms with what happened to her and while they're on the run. So they do touch on that. It's probably just not part of the omnibus that you read. Well, here's, yeah, I, and I'll get to that because I, one of my questions, um, I didn't write it down, but maybe you can remember is basically like what to read, after this, um, when I tell you where where all of this ends. Anyway, I'm going to go through some of these bullet points because I don't want to take up too much more time. Um, there's an issue with Maria Hill where she just – she's such a badass in this issue. She blows up a bunch of stuff. She flies away on a jetpack. Uh, she pulls one over on the scrolls. It's absolutely amazing. I loved it. It was such a great moment for her. Um I know that Brian Michael Bendis has a reputation for stretching plot elements out, uh, but this is an instance where I found taking the time to explain everything really served the characters and the story. I liked that there were whole issues dedicated to like just how one specific group was feeling just about their circumstances and having like late night talks with each other about trust and really, really laying on like reinforcing the fact that you as the reader still don't know who to trust so many years into this event as it was going on uh, months, years, probably. Um, Steve, you, know, you know, the way I feel with, with Bendis, I have my issues, but I'll tell you what it's this event where what he does best is best done here. It's amazing. The, the, the character development that happens within these, I don't know, 50 books, 60 books, John? How many books Something is it like altogether? That. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. It was, it, was a, it was a lot. Still still not enough, but a lot. <laughs> not enough. Okay. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get there. Um, surprisingly, this came out in like 2007, 2009-ish. Um, lots of near nudity in some of these panels. <laughs> People laid out for autopsies or being experimented on or just kind of losing their clothes in general. Uh, I was a little surprised by that. Marvel we're doesn't pre, usually. We that's pre wokeness. I'll use that term. It's before people started really <laughs> yeah. thinking about maybe you know uh, characters shouldn't be naked or posed in stupid ways with their backs broken and all the rest of it. I you're you're in a whole different world of comics. Fifteen. And they're also years they're ago. also not on the spinner racks. They're just in the comic shops. Yeah. So everybody going there. There wasn't a big need to uh, to censor. I just never really saw like I, I don't read a lot of the older stuff, and I mean older by you know however you want to judge when this came out. But um, I was really kind of surprised by the level of violence as well. Like there's scenes of characters dying, and they're literally laying mm-hmm. face down in a giant pool of blood. And that Bendis. is also something, yeah, but like that's also something that you don't really see these days. You see characters like exhausted and battle damaged and their costumes torn up and stuff like that, but they're not lying in a pool of their own blood. Um, another thing was like 
some of the like a ab- like straight up abuse that goes on in this, the Hank and Janet stuff in particular, like some yeah, of their yeah. bad times that are shown here. Um, even some of the threats coming from the heroes. I think the the Sentry was uh, in a in a bit of a way at one point in this story, and he's kind of losing it in front of a whole bunch of people. And he's literally screaming out into the streets in front of hundreds, like "I'll kill you! I'll kill you! I'll kill you!" And I'm like damn like this is not this is this is not you know the thing that i'm used to nowadays ever since disney's got its you know white gloves all over uh the marvel characters and everything it's 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 not even disney honestly it's post captain marvel Mm -hmm. where things start to look a little different you get ms marvel from that and what marvel was trying to do right then comics were in a place where we're selling to 35 year old guys and they want yeah. violence and semi nudity and that sort of stuff that you're talking about. And it was, it's fascinating that you're looking at that period of comics just before we began our show. Right. And, yeah. and, and Marvel almost went under. This is when they hand over yes. the reins to Joe Casada, and he, they, he let them run with these type of stories because he knew that he had a niche audience of, like Bob said, 35-year-old comic fans who were going to eat it up. He wasn't trying to get new readers. He was trying to keep the readers that they had. Mm-hmm. And then later we'll get to Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel. And and the and this is like when they were doing the Ultimates and the Ultimate Universe. Yes. They were trying to do anything they could just to get people in the door and keep the, the keep them in the door. Right. right. It's like you had a really bad restaurant, so you just kept serving the same crappy food because you didn't want to lose the audience you had. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. All right. A couple more bullet points here. Okay. Uh, Shayna that we meet in the Savage Land. Shanna, Shayna um, can join She-Hulk in my pantheon of hot comic book heroes. I absolutely <laughs> loved her. She was amazing. Uh, the scroll plot is kind of genius, actually. They're... Their idea of infiltrating everything for as long as they've been doing it and the strategic way that they went about inserting themselves into specific groups, uh, I really had to – I would. there was a time where I was reading this where I was like, you know, maybe the scroll the scrolls are actually uh, pretty cool. And then <laughs> I saw are. The, They are. You, Steve, uh, are they, Steve? Did you not watch the Battlestar Galactica reboot? I've never seen Secret Battlestar. Of, uh, yes. That's oh, what Secret Invasion oh, Very scroll like Yeah. It's no, this Battlestar Galactica reboot predates Secret Invasion. <gasps> Bendis, that's right, it does, yes. Bendis just like, oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to do it with the Skrulls. Yes. Had never oh, thought of okay. that. Okay. Now I'm yeah. getting the reference. Yeah. <laughs> We're back yeah. on board. Yeah. <laughs> Cylons. I took Cylons. Cylons. Yeah. yeah. Steve, uh, scrolls, the Skrulls go back to Fantastic Four number two. I where need they, to yeah. you need to reread that because they posed as the Fantastic Four so that they could discredit that. them to the public and then move into that situation. They kept right. showing up in FF for a while. You get the Kree Scroll War in the Avengers, mm-hmm. 60s, 70s, same idea. All of a sudden it's wait a minute, this senator who's railing against us, he's a scroll. 
the thing. Oh man, I can't get it. I can't get into this whole scroll thing because we'll some be here all scroll, night. Some of the scrolls got caught as cows, and they were later chopped up and served <laughs> as hamburgers, <laughs> giving <laughs> the annual seventeen. There you go. I forgot about Soylent that. green. <laughs> Serve pe- they served people scroll milk, and they turned into shape shifting weirdos. And yeah, yeah, they become the scroll crew. The scroll skull kill crew. Kill crew. It's hard yeah. to say scroll a lot. I know. <laughs> All right. Let me let me get let me get through these because we're we're okay. getting on here in time. Um the moment when Scroll Cap reverts to his scroll form is truly so sad. The saddest thing about what the scrolls are doing to their own people, none of them, none of the clones, they they didn't ask for any of this. They believe they're programmed or or grown to think that they are these heroes. They don't know that they can transform back until it's too late. It is that moment where Cap Cap came out of the ship, like we mentioned on the last episode, but then the ultimate fate for that one is that that scroll Cap dies. But when he dies and they're asking, they're trying to grill it for questions. And it just keeps on saying like, I'm a man, I'm a man. And I, I just, oh God, total like we three vibes from that uh truly just tragic and really cruel and that that just goes back to my whole scrolls being cruel thing they're a nasty 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 race of aliens they're Um, again that goes back to racism in here jeez look that goes back to ff2 though there's they're saying to read after he's catch them all caught them all Catch them all. My goodness. Um, <laughs> gotta catch them all. Catch them all. Um, there's nothing worse than being a scroll. They say to him after he's caught them because they'll go back and be tortured, whatever is going to go on back on the home world. And that's when the, he decides to make them the calmest, most contented creatures on earth and hypnotizes them into transforming themselves into cows. Yeah, they were not happy about the cows thing. Let me tell you, they yeah. bring it up a lot. Yes, they do. The yes, they invasion. do. Uh, the visual transformation. What's that, Aaron? Everyone's friends now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're all united now under one emperor. Yes. There you go. Uh, the visual transformation. Really person. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Steve. The visual transformation process for for, for transforming into the, the character of choice uh, is really cool. The shroud draped over their heads, uh, wiping their memories and creating the new desired identity in that like pool of water or DNA or whatever it was. It was a really cool scene. They did it a couple of times. And uh, every time they did it, I thought it looked really neat. Uh, using the clone of Reed Richards to figure out how the scrolls could be exposed, then killing him right after he figures out the answer was so messed up. So unbelievably messed up. Um, no, actually, no, I, I'm not going to talk about that one. Uh, the thing says bastages at one point in this, which it's I thought lo- was weird. Lobo reference. Yeah. There's sometimes, and I, you know, nobody's perfect. There are times when I think Brian Michael Bendis is trying to be funny and it doesn't come off that way to me. Like even some of the Spider-Man stuff seemed a little bit much. Um, but that's just my personal choice. Um, what else do I got here? Um, oh, all right. I'll skip to the end. So the story, the, the, the omnibus ends with the funeral issue for Janet Van Dyne. 
after she goes giant woman and basically goes nuclear and destroys herself in an effort Arc. to yeah um what a what a what a bummer note <laughs> to end yeah. the omnibus on and for me sitting down last night thinking that i had like several more issues to go until i could go to bed to be ready for tonight and then I sit down, I read one thing, and all of a sudden the omnibus is over. <laughs> so here's my thing that I got to uh, by the end is the omnibus feels incomplete. Like yeah. secret invasion and the ramifications of the event itself, of the invasion itself, it doesn't – and I know it's comics, so it doesn't necessarily end. Like there's no finite end to it. But – I feel like there could have been more to this. And I really want to know what comes after because there are so many dangling threads Mm -hmm. with everything, even with everything that I read, 830 pages of Secret Invasion. And I still feel like there's stuff missing. That's because they were writing to the next event. So as soon as the, the Janet stuff is over, it goes into a new Avengers special by Bendis and Brian Hitch that kind of gets that that team that's on the run spotlighted and it re it gets them back to getting they basically they go after Jessica and say we understand what's going on and we're we're here to help you while we're running from the government then Bendis also does Dark Avengers so you have Dark Avengers and New Avengers that are running in parallel to each other and then that culminates in Siege, which is the final of these this quadrille. You know, it starts with House of M, then it goes to Civil War, uh, Secret Invasion, then it culminates in Siege. So you got those four events, and it's one long narrative. So if you start with Avengers Disassembled and go all the way to Siege, you're doing a you'll do it's a it's a it's a satisfying conclusion eventually, but okay. it's not where you're at right now. No, you need three more omnibus volumes. That's all, Steve. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me this. You know I'm sorry. No, you need you need to I'm sorry. Avengers. <laughs> He's like sorry, not sorry. Well, some of the like I have to admit, some of the Avengers stuff toward the end, like there was a whole storyline. There was like a three or four issue arc with uh, Danny being uh, not even taken. But when when Jessica Jones left um, Danny with Jarvis, scroll Jarvis to be to to go and be with everybody and fight the good fight and whatnot, she thought she was doing the right thing by leaving the baby with somebody that she could trust. That ended up being like a three or four issue arc of them trying to get her back. And I guess like you had to wrap up that bit with Jarvis because I suppose he had to get his in the end, but I don't know. It was a, it was a weird, it was a weird wind down to what I thought I was going to get was like a conclusion to the story, but it ends with that funeral issue that literally ends with Hank Pym standing at the podium at Janet's funeral and just losing it on Tony Stark in front of everyone as they're in the pews and the secret invasion stuff began with everybody pointing a finger in Tony's face. And it ends with that too. Like they're all still so pissed at him for, well, this is, you know, the reasons that you this, would. 
Like, this is after the Civil War, where they, where he started the the Hero Registration Act and split the team. Right. So he's in charge of Shield, and everybody hates him. And yeah, it's it, it, what it eventually transpires that they all get back onto the same page. Siege. Like, is there a um, that siege? Okay. Harry Osborn uh, decides to attack. This is where Thor and Asgard are in Oklahoma, and he decides to wage war. And this is right after Captain America Rebirth, where they bring Cap back, and they they kind of bring them all together, finally, because they've been apart. So you get the original three, Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America, back at the end of that that book. All right, do me a favor. Write write me, write make me a list. I'll send it, it send it in the chat so I know what to okay, do. Read from Fantastic uh, Four one right up to yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't and, and you'll have Bob, you've already you've already done that to me, Bob. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna move on Moving from on. Uh, lightning rounds here. <laughs> um we got some news. We could we could just go through this stuff super quick and then we'll get to the question and then we'll wrap up. Um Teeny Howard is taking yes! over. <laughs> T.D. Howard is taking over the Harley Quinn proper yes. uh, series with Sweeney Boo. Amazing. I mean, oh come on. Such a good pair. Are you kidding me? I mean, this is this is amazing news. Uh, I've been enjoying the, the Harley Quinn, the main Harley Quinn book uh, that's been going on for the last little while. It comes out literally every week. Um, they must have really been pushing out those stories uh, in order to make room for this. Uh, this is coming out. Uh, the Soul Series will be number 28. So Harley Quinn 28, which goes on sale in March. March. So we got some time. Here's um, the thing. I, I have not really enjoyed Harley since Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti left. Mm-hmm. It's been a little grim. There's humor to it, but it's just not as chaotic, as crazy as it was. No, it's definitely not the same. And like, as much as I do like the Philip stuff, I only like it. I don't love it. Right. And I, seeing what we love Teeny Howard, but seeing what's being done over on Catwoman, please. Mm. And, and Sweeney Boo's art. Yeah. It's going to be lighter in tone. We're going to get the Harley that look, we had Amanda and Jimmy on just before Har- their Harley launched which created the Harley that everybody now loves. It really right. is that run that did it. So I think Teeny Howard, Sweeney Boo will bring us that Harley again and pull it back a little bit. It's it's the, the, too much of a good thing. Sometimes there's a lot of Harley around and none of it's as much fun as it should be. And I think, uh, look, again, I've already added this to my pull list. Yeah, Got to have it. Yeah, this this stands a, a good chance of being amazing. This creative team is outstanding. All right, let's move on. Uh, we have our Fantastic Four writers. So Jeff Kaplan and Ian Springer are relatively new to the film scene. They've done a couple of spec scripts for things, but uh, Marvel has chosen them as the writers for the Fantastic Four movie. So we've got Matt Shackman of WandaVision fame doing the uh, directing here, and then you got right. your uh, your two writers. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think there's two sides to this. You can maybe be concerned about, you know, 
new guns coming onto the scene, but I actually think that that's kind of exciting. And like Marvel has a good track record for picking people that have passion for the characters yeah. and have good ideas. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say, I think we've, we've seen them lean into newer talent and sort of grow that talent into the talent. And so I'm, I have no reason to believe otherwise. I mean, we've seen other yeah. people try it and fail miserably. Um, <laughs> let's give somebody new a shot. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's give somebody new. That's where the ideas are. I concur uh, yeah. wholeheartedly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just believe that sometimes when you're when you're too established, you're too a part of the machine, and you can't think outside of what is expected in that machine. And when you're outside there struggling to get in, I think you're more hungry. No, I do believe there's a shelf life because eventually you do become part of the machine. But Mm -hmm. until then, let's enjoy some originality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, new perspective is worth, you know, giving it a chance. And it, yeah, I mean, honestly, given the history with this franchise, like, it it can't hurt. (laughs) We've already been burned so many times, right? It can't be worse than the the, the Josh Trank version. Nothing can be worse than that. So, like... Challenge accept. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I enjoyed watching that with a lot of alcohol. So, <laughs> well, I still haven't worked myself up to that brawn one. More power to you. I can't. I just, yeah, can't. I mean, I enjoyed the alcohol and the process of, okay. of you know, How, didn't like, we go through like two bottles of champagne within the first half hour? <laughs> yeah, wow. I, I, it was poor life choices. I'm not going to lie. Like the next day, I did not enjoy myself, but I really enjoyed the snark fest that ensued. So, <laughs> That sounds like a blast to me. It was a lot of fun. Yes. Well, Steve, you and I did our Wonder Woman TV pilot in the same condition. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good time. Again, look, Marvel, as Aaron points out, we had Ryan Coogler for Black Panther. Anna Mm -hmm. Bowden, Ryan Fleck for Captain Marvel. Who were these people? Well, they were the right people. Yeah. And that's what you have to hope for here. Yeah, exactly. Indeed. Uh, Moving right along, Marvel Entertainment and Motive Studio are teaming up for an all-new Iron Man game. So this is going to be um, a third-person action adventure game a la The Avengers. Hopefully it's better (laughs) than that game ended up being. That's the one character that got on my nerves in that game. I think that's where I threw the controllers down. For Iron Man? I think it was Iron Man. Or was it Hulk? No, it might have been Hulk. I don't know, but I, I mean, there are some, there's some pretty good people, uh, behind this and they're, mm, I mean, they're just going to keep making them. So hopefully they do a good job with this. If it ends up being like a third person uncharted style comic book action game, I would play that. Um, and do the, uh, take the one good thing from, uh, what the hell is that game with all the flying? Oh my God. I can't even remember the name of it because it was so it was such a failed game. Shit. Never mind. Um, moving on. I can't remember the name the of it. The one with the flying. The one with the flying. That's right. You know. E.T., no, the, the Atari hell? game that they buried in Phoenix in the pit. <laughs> no. Space oh, God. No, I bought it. Asteroids. Star Fox. Pole position. No. <laughs> I'll just do it. Oh, my God. <laughs> So this is not a continuation of the VR game that you played a couple years ago. No, the VR game was actually kind of cool. But that was an Iron Man one, right? Uh, Yes. Yeah. So this is something different than that, I take it. 
I can't believe I can't remember the name of this damn game. I was trying to to move on and segue this. Yeah, apparently. (laughs) Drive me nuts. I'll probably just delete all this anyway. (laughs) Great radio. Great. Great. Let's do a question. Let's do a question. 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 This question comes from Joseph. Thank you so much for writing in. Uh, If you want to send a question to the podcast, you can do that. Podcast at TalkingComicBooks.com is the email address. Joseph writes, with a new volume of Thunderbolts out and recent Thunderbolts movie casting news, I was doing a writing exercise remembering what it was like reading the OG Thunderbolts 1 back in the day and how it shook me that, spoiler for a 25-year-old comic, the Thunderbolts were actually the masters of evil. Bum, bum, bum. (gasps) Completely shocked me. So... What are some moments in comics that have completely shocked you and have stayed with you ever since you first read them? Thanks a million, Joseph. Uh, I'm shocked by there being a writing assignment, writing exercise, remembering comics in the OG Thunderbirds. I want to know what that assignment was. All right. Maybe Joseph will tell us. What was that exercise? Uh, I'll do mine super duper quick. Uh, most recently, we've talked about it a bunch here. We still haven't spoiled it and still won't. Uh, the do a power bomb moment, do a power bomb number two, genuine, probably the most shocked I've been from a comic book in a while. <laughs> I do know that I have a tendency, and Bronwyn can attest to this, when <laughs> we're reading at night, where all of a sudden I will just audibly gasp while reading. So, yes. does it come out as a word balloon or like gasp? <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much does, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay, it's- good. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's kind of like, oh, honey, do you need to tell me something? <laughs> she does proceed to snap me about it every time, too, I yeah. swear. It's the best because she doesn't care about spoilers, so I get to just go nuts. It's true. I am not spoiler-phobic at all. That's it's a awesome. great relationship. There you go. Yep. Mm-hmm. But that that do a powerbomb moment really, really did a number on me. Um, most Another recent one was the most recent finale, I guess, season three or four of Let's Play. Oh four? my God, get yes. out of my head. I wrote that down. You did, right? <laughs> yes. Genuine shock. I did not Genuine see that coming. Genuine shock. More of like a, I mean, definitely like a world building shock, but also a character related shock where you, A, at first you couldn't believe what this character did like how there there was this heel turn on this character, their their overprotectiveness just going overboard, but then also the reality of what they did and how that so- changes like your entire circle of influence that it, that revolves around these characters. It, the and scope so, of this reveal is intense. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically without spoiling it, it basically reveals that every character that you've met in the comics so far, it doesn't matter who it is, is important to the story. Ooh. Even yeah. even the most throwaway character. Like innocuous yeah. background person on a bus. Yeah. Oh, I love that. They're yeah. actually they're actually like a part of the story. It was it was huge. It was absolutely huge. Uh, I talked about the Queen Scroll moment with the Jessica Drew reveal of how she had assumed her identity. I thought that was a absolute stroke of genius um again more of an aha moment than genuine shock because i kind of saw it coming but it was still nice to have it confirmed uh without spoiling 
learning Jake's fate in Murder Falcon was a really, really big one for me. And um, credit to Daniel Warren Johnson, again, who also is responsible for Do a Powerbomb. Just a very – when Daniel Warren Johnson is on and wants to go for your heart, he can really, really do that. Uh, and you won't see it coming. And he's he, he excels at that. Um, and then finally, last but not least, because I can't do this without mentioning my favorite comic of all time – uh, I Kill Giants, no spoilers. There is a full page spread of this, let's just call it the monster on the stairs, the monster at the top of the stairs. Mm-hmm. Oh God, yes. That that page uh, where Barbara looks up the stairs and sees the monster at the top uh, shook me to my core. And if I close my eyes, I don't even need to close my eyes. I can see it. I can Same. see it in my mind's eye. It haunts me every time I think about it. Um, and within that same book, um, kind of the re- the reveal at the end, the 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 final the final moments of I Kill Giants when everything kind of come cr- comes crashing down, and you realize what that character is is what Barbara is going through, um, and what waits for her when she goes up those stairs. Uh, the first time that I read that story, I did not see that coming. I was devastated and it it stayed with me ever since and it's still my my favorite comic book that i've ever read so um those are some of my genuine shock moments i'm sure there are much much more uh i just have a terrible memory for picking this stuff out i apologize um bronwyn why don't you've already we already share one in common why don't you mention yours Okay, I have a couple. Um, I didn't go as like heartfelt in depth with you as you did, but um, there is a shot at the end of Be My Villain number 11 where yes. they're on a movie date that I did not see coming that yes. I was like, ah, oh my God. And then I laughed my ass off for like 10 minutes. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, you, I absolutely recommend going to read Be My Villain for any number of reasons, but not the least of which is that little panel that is totally throwaway and doesn't specifically come up again or mean anything to the story and is yet amazing. (laughs) Yes. The best. Awesome. It's so good. Um, Ghost Lights. Yes. This is one of my favorite stories. I love this story so much. The art is incredible. It's so beautiful. It, and I love this. I love the story of these characters, but I think the reveal of, who these characters are to each mm-hmm. other yes. was so, again, it's a scope thing, right? Like these, you know, you're thinking, oh, these are childhood friends and it, I ship it. And these, they're, you know, like one's in love with the other and he doesn't know. And, oh, look, the other one's in love with him and he doesn't know. And idiots in love. And, you know, like, oh, it's really sweet and it's cute and I love that. But then there's yeah. a big reveal where you find out who they really are to each other. And it is a massive it's massive. I've never seen the like mm-hmm. in anything I else agree. I've ever read. And that that's an intense moment. That was one of that. mine. You stole it. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the shared brain. This is the shared brain. In effect. Uh, Novi is another one that's that has had some interesting reveals for me. Um, yes. I don't know how caught up you are, Chris, but. Um, uh, not as far as you, I'm sure. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> as is our want. Um, something has happened to one of our soft boys recently. Oh no. 
Yeah, like to the point where the authors <laughs> no. have to actually put a little spoiler alert that says, this is not a tragedy. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm so scared. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, oh my God. Oh no. <laughs> so... <laughs> I am losing my mind a little bit on that one. Um, And I think my last one is probably Motor Girl. Oh. I really, really, really liked kind of where that ended up going. And I I just, I I love Motor Girl. I love Motor Girl. We Um, all second that and third and fourth it, yes. Yeah. So if you haven't read Motor Girl, go read Motor Girl, and then you'll know what I'm talking about because, oh, my God. It's worth here, it, here. and it's not that long. Mm-hmm. It won't yeah. take you that long, and it's just, whew, that's a goodie. I agree. Man, yes. surprised I didn't grab that one. Me too. <laughs> Honestly, not as surprised as I am that both of you didn't mention my first one. Can I jump oh, in here? Yes, please. Sure. Everything is fine. Oh, my God. (laughs) Munch, 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 munch. Munch, munch, munch. Yes, that's the scene I wrote down. (laughs) Oh, my God. I will never recover from everything is fine. Not ever. Not ever. Holy crap. (laughs) I was also, if we're going to go back in our Thirsty Untune archive, Third Shift Society, the reveal of the monster. Yes. That thing. Oh my god! I was not expecting that comic to get that dark that suddenly. It was no, quite wild true. Wild times. Yeah. Um, there's also one we haven't talked about yet. We certainly will in the future. Called Leyland's Curse, and I honestly just couldn't <gasps> pick a moment. There were so many shocking moments. That's right? a really good one. Oh my god, that is that's a, a really, really good, good one. one. Um, I have to mention some Batman ones. A lot of them, unfortunately, because I came into Batman later. Um, I found out before I read them, you know, a lot of stuff like who Jason Todd is, you know, Red Hood, all that stuff that was really shocking to people. I missed it. But um, the Scott Snyder's death of the family stuff with Joker, that face stuff, the dinner that he has laid out with the Robin. Yes, yes. It's forever, like, just lodged in my brain. Um, Similarly, Scott Snyder's The Court of Owls labyrinth scene when mm. the comic starts going sideways. Yes, and down, number five. And, oh my God. I will, again, never recover from that. That one changed how I thought like comics could be written. That one blew my brain. That was the awesome. that was the comic that Scott Snyder signed for me when I bumped into him at yes. Fourth World. And ah. he came on to the podcast shortly after that. Yeah. And then like that was our big, big interview episode that got us out to a bunch of people. We got a lot of listeners through that. He was when so I, cool. I Scott Snyder, you. he's such a nice guy. When I tell you that the first Comic-Con I went to was before I started really reading Batman and I met Scott Snyder and Tom King, I didn't know who the fuck they were. <laughs> I, was, I was so upset the next year when I'd read all this stuff and I was like, I met them! <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I remember walking up to him and being like, hi, Scott, it's, it's, it's my birthday. And it really was my birthday. And I was like, would you sign my book for me? And he's like, sure, man. And I was like, I do this little podcast. And he's like, Aww. talking comics. And I was like, 
I'm sorry, what? <laughs> he actually, like, he'd actually heard of us. We were only so many episodes in, but apparently one of his friends had recommended us to him. Oh, my God. Aww, Hi, Scott, awesome. if you're out there. <laughs> He's one of the nicest people that I've met oh, in the industry. So cool. Every time that I, like, like, I bumped into him, I think, a year later, and he still remembered my name. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Aw. I, uh, I also have to say Mr. Miracle by Tom King. Just the whole yes. of it. Oh man, I love the big Barda stuff. Great, and, I mean, I love that whole thing, run. but I the yeah. big Barda stuff is so good. Well, the like trippy mind stuff in it was so trip trippy. I don't know. <laughs> that was that's the only other word I got. <laughs> um. Oh, there's a moment in speaking of Tom King in the Vision. Uh, I yes. think the end of the first issue of the Vision genuinely yeah. shocked the crap out of me. I was like, what? Yeah. Yes. I gotta say, Chip Zdarsky. This is spoiler, 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 because this is new. Uh, Tim Drake getting shot in the first issue. Oh yes, <laughs> they sure did go Pride Month over bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Chip. <laughs> it's fine. He lived, but I certainly didn't know that when it happened. I was like, well, I guess it's August now. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Um, super quick before we move on to the next person to give their answers. I just want to read this. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. The new Final Destination directors got the gig by faking a death on a Zoom call. Bob, I'm reading this for you specifically. Towards the oh end God. of the towards the end of the call, the fireplace behind the directors became engulfed in flames, and the mantle began burning. After the blaze was extinguished, chaos continued when an overhead ceiling fan crashed down and appeared to decapitate one of them. <laughs> oh my That's God! Writing. That's, That's amazing. New. <laughs> I love that. That's one way to nail an audition. I mean. <laughs> Ahead. Method. That's the method right there. Method. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Bob, why don't you tell us about some of your most shocking uh, moments? One one I'm gonna leave because I think John may go there. If if he doesn't, I'll we'll come back around. Um that silver surfer issue number eleven that actually you have to read halfway through one side and come back the other yeah. way and shoot off to it. It's number eleven, which is a Mobius strip issue. Um Bitch Planet One, where somebody we think is the focus of our story doesn't make it through the whole issue. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, true. Oh, right, right. Um, I forgot about I'd that. say all of Paper Girl's cliffhangers, all 30 issues worth, <laughs> were, were just incredible. But if I'm picking one, and, and Joseph's Thunderbolts, when you read Thunderbolts that first time way back when, uh-huh. I thought the same thing as he did. That, that just shocked me. But if I'm picking one moment that lives with me and I read it again, yesterday and today, preparing for this question and then cried twice again. It's from 1984. It's Fantastic Four number 267. Oh, yeah. About about a year before that, the, the team was off in a mission to the negative zone, and while they were there, um, Sue sent the boys away so she and Reed could have a moment. Well, it oh. turns out she, she ends up pregnant. And she's having some problems at the end of issue 265. Uh, which first issue with the Shield, by the way, Sue falls very ill. This is a fill-in issue because it was that time. And this is all by John Byrne, by the way. We open with issue 267, and Sue's in the hospital, and Reed's collected the greatest minds about radiation he can. So it's Bruce Banner, Michael Morbius, Walter Langowski, the Sasquatch. And they tell him the only person that can save Sue and the baby 
is Otto Octavius. Mm-hmm. Reed goes off to the institution where he's there, and Otto's a mess, real mess. Reed talks him off the ledge and talks him back into being Dr. Otto Octavius again, and they're shooting off to the hospital in the Fantastic Car. He sees a poster of Spider-Man Menace by Jonah, starts to lose it. The arms call to him, big battle with Reed. It goes on for pages. Reed finally gets back to the hospital, and the final page of the book in a black box is, oh, I, I'm, I'm going to quote directly, because why not? I'm afraid she lost a baby a little over 30 minutes ago, and that's the last page oh. of the story. Oh, oh man. Oh, yeah. Not it reminded you that this was, this was about a family, and bad things happen to good people and good families, and uh, we'd, we'd ha- she she eventually threw comic book machinations. Valeria would be reborn with the spirit of that lost daughter, and someone from another universe and whatever. But when you read this in 1984, if you didn't cry, you were dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's Man, my great answers. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, why don't you go next? I'm really struggling to think of something that I think is like wild. Boom. Uh, but the only the first thing that came to my mind was, you know, we'll pick anything from Saga. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. I'm sure. Yeah. Just, just pick a story. But then I was jokingly saying to myself, well, then there was Project Superpowers, Fractured State, those MAGA motherfuckers, and that last scene in the book where, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, black-haired Jesus is posing with all of humanity and all the things that are supposed to be great, and there's not a person of color in that. Anyway, oh. that was shocking. <laughs> yeah, uh, to sort of see that sort of creep up on you after six issues or five issues, but yeah, but I can't think of anything specific from Saga. I mean, well, I, I say. That's not true. I can't think of which one. The giant one. filleting dragon wasn't enough for you. <laughs> I, was like, I can't think of which one I put above. But yeah, those are the types of things. Saga's a good answer. Saga's, Saga's a good like, a kind of, of catch-all kind of thing. Yeah. 60 issues know, like, worth, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I know that there's some stuff that I've feverishly read because the end of every issue was like, oh my God, I, I need to know what happens next. Saga's king for that. And say you mentioned Paper Girls, Bob. That was another one that uh, always had such sweet cl- uh, cliffhangers. Mm-hmm. That Brian K. Vaughn knows how to write a uh, cliffhanger. All right, John, why don't you uh, send us out here with your most shocking moments? Well, I, I mean, I kind of took this as a – and one, Bob is correct. That Thunderbolts number one reveal was jaw-dropping. Um, I remember – kind of being a kid in, in the one, two punch of crisis number seven and eight uh, crisis number seven with the death of Supergirl, the original Supergirl. And then crisis number eight is the death of the Barry Allen flash. And at that point in time, you, you thought that they were, were gone. Um, and then I still, to this day, I feel bad about it. I, uh, when they killed Jason Todd, uh, and they did it so oh, viciously phone. with the crowbar <laughs> and the phone call. And I, I've admitted this before. I called to kill him. And I know you did. I, 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 I felt bad about it after they did it. Um, wow. But but 
Wow. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Chris. Um, <laughs> oh. But it gave he us the back, Red Hood. He it came gave back better. Tor- it gave us yeah. tortured Jason. If he had to uh, die to get those thighs, then it's worth mm-hmm. it. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but two things that, that just stuck out to me are both by Alan Moore. Um, the first is The End of Watchmen, when Ozymandias and Night Owl and Rorschach are Ugh. confronting him. Yes. And it's, you get this big superhero moment, like, they're going to stop him. And he's like, I Not did so it much. 20 minutes ago. Yeah. And, and yeah. It's, it's done. Surprise. I've already done this. And you can't tell anybody because if you tell anybody, world peace is over. So what are you going to do about it? And then Rorschach, the, the, the rigid man that he is, they, they, they have to kill him because he will tell. Yeah. Um, and then previous to Watchmen, um, I loved a book by Moore called Miracle Man or Marvel Man in, in Great Britain and one of the running stories of that, it's kind of a riff on um, Captain Marvel, the Shazam story. Mm-hmm. And Captain Marvel Jr., in this case, Kid Marvel Man, um, the rest of the family gets trapped in like this virtual reality and they're taken away. And he never reverts back to his human form. And he goes on to become this deranged lunatic. And there's this moment after he like just destroys London and... He finally reverts back in the his heroes there. And, you know, you think, oh, he's going to save him. It's going to he's going to put everything right. Breaks his neck and kills him. Um, And just I was just at that age where you always expect the heroes to be the good guy and do the right thing. And Mm -hmm. just having this kind of carnage, I just it still sticks to me that these, you know, their heroes are flawed and you know sometimes you have to tell a good story you can't be the white knight uh that saves everybody uh you you're going to have to do some dirty things and mm. so those always reminisced and then probably the most classic is the dark phoenix saga when gene yeah. gets killed i never yeah. saw that coming that just is like you can't kill off gene gray she's one of the original x men and they did mm-hmm. and and that that floored me for a while too Oh, what was the um, identity crisis? Is that the one where <gasps> yeah. you find out? Yeah, that was one. That sort of. Oh yeah, oh, God. Was, yeah. yeah. I also thought of uh, the original Runaways villain reveal. Oh yeah. That oh was, yeah. That's right? a family. The pride. The that, family. Yeah. yeah. That was big. I thought someone would go with the night Gwen Stacy died. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, her. Her. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Oh. God, sorry, Gwen Stacy. <laughs> we barely knew you, Gwen. Oh, Gwen. <laughs> All right. I think that's going to do it. Let's uh, talk about the books that we're looking forward to this week. Bob, what are you picking up? It's a light week, thankfully, after doubling up on Harley Quinn last week. So we have Thunderbolts number two. Genesville number three, damage control number two, and I'm buying the image number six. For any particular reason? Yes. Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti are doing a sequel to their book about the super-powered prostitute, The Pro. No. No no way. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, that's (laughs) awesome. Sweet. (laughs) Cool. Uh, John, what do you got? Uh, I got you covered, Bob. I got, I'm got. i keeping DC afloat right now. Okay. Um, 
Batman Beyond the White Knight number five, uh, DC versus Vampires number nine, Detective 1064, final issue of Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes, even though they're not fighting. Maybe they'll fight in this issue. <laughs> Tim, <laughs> Tim Drake Robin number yes. one. Uh, yeah. I, am, I might be the last person in the world still reading it, but Lazarus Risen number seven comes out. Um, Magic Order three, number three. Uh, Avengers, X-Men, and Eternals, Avengers number one, Amazing Spider-Man 10, Captain America, Sentinel of of Truth number five, Final Issue of Miles Morales, Spider-Man number 42, Thor number 27, and X-Men number 15. All right, you're you're making me not feel so bad. (laughs) That's what I'm here. That's what I do. Uh, Aaron, what, um, what do you got in the pool? He ran through most of them. Thor 27, <laughs> X-Men 15, Miles Morales 42, AXE Avengers 1, Defenders Beyond 3, I believe, is coming out. Uh, Janice Vell, Captain Marvel 3, uh, Justice League, Legion of Superheroes, uh, Magic Order, Sins of the Black Flamingo 4, I believe, is coming out. I yes. Think. yes, it is. Uh, Blood Syndicate 5, uh, there's one called Flawed, number, there's a number one called Flawed, and then Shadow Service 15. Awesome. Uh, what have I got here? I've got Detective 1064, DC versus Vampires number nine, Harley Quinn number 22. The Human Target is coming back. So Human Target number seven, The Nice House on the Lake is also coming back Ooh. with number 10. Uh, Tim Drake, Robin number one, yes. Captain America, Symbol of Truth number five, Defenders Beyond number three. Um, I'm going to check out a series. It's on its third issue, but I might go back and I might check some of the review folders for something called After School. Number three, look kind of neat. Um, Department of Truth, 21. Eight Billion Genies, number five. Grim, number five. I Hate This Place, number five. Heart Eyes, number two. House of Slaughter, number nine. Parker Girls, number two. And Sins of the Black Flamingo, number four. Definitely going to have to hit up the review folder this week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Bronwyn, are you looking forward to any Webtoon I very much am, yes. Uh, I'm looking forward to Heart of Ice, gorgeous French romance. The art is exceptional. Can't recommend it enough. Uh, The Gentle Way, judo romance. So good. I love it even though it's straight. Um, (laughs) The Hunt, cryptid and queer love. So hot right now. So hot right now. (laughs) Be My Villain, I mentioned as well. The softest of soft boys. I'm so in love. And Defects, big X-Men vibes. Stunning art. Okay. Chris, are you looking forward to anything in particular? Tim Drake. Just Tim Tim Drake forever. Um, but also, yeah, Black Flamingo. And on Webtoons, Castle Swimmer is back. Yeah! Oh, my God. It's been gone for so long. Um, and I, this, I'm looking forward to this just in the far future. But I just saw, literally seconds ago, a preview for season two of Wayne Family Adventures. Oh, <gasps> <Yeah>! <laughs> We've got the signal action, apparently. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be at NYCC. Oh, my God. Find them for me, Aaron. Please. I did saw this in the schedule. I oh, my it. God. That is the best Batman book that ever Batman. It so It is the best Batman book that ever Batman. Seconded, thirded, fourthed. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. Uh, does anybody have any closing statements? Anything they want to share? Any birthdays they want to wish? I, I do. Okay. I, I do. There are 320 Paw Patrol fanfic on Archive of Our Own, and 28 of them 
are marked explicit. Do with them <gasps> what you will. Oh, <laughs> nighttime reading there, John. That's my weekend. That's my weekend. And, and on uh, by Sunday, there'll be 30 explicit. Yes. <laughs> yes. I just need y'all to know, I looked that up while you were talking about secret invasions and have been just holding on to it. <laughs> Amazing. John's got his weekend planned between yep. Paw, Paw Patrol fanfic and Bat Wheels. Yeah. Daddy, what are you watching? <laughs> Daddy, I didn't know that Chase could do that. <laughs> Not now, honey. Chase get pegged. <laughs> Chase is on the case. <laughs> Boy. What about? All right, we've reached the end of this week's edition of the Talking it's Comics the Podcast. <laughs> Uh, as welcome. always, you can send us your comments or questions through our email podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. Podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com is where you can send your quizzes, your questions, your comments, anything you like. Uh, we are also on Twitter at Talking Comics. Bob, where can our listeners find you? Old fashioned email, Bob Ryer at talkingcomicbooks.com. Aaron, how about you? In the shower, I feel dirty after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you love it, you slut. <laughs> John. Thank you, Aaron. John, can you add, please add John P. Burkle? Just end this for me. <laughs> Robin, Chris, thank you so much for joining us tonight. This was a lot of fun. Yes. Bronwyn, if uh, people want to find you, where can they get at you? Uh, you can find me at Shiny Baby B or um, co-hosting at Thirsty on Tune on both on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. Excellent. And Chris. Yes, you can find me on Twitter at The Myth of Psyche and co-hosting Thirsty on Tune and co-hosting Gotham Outsiders, where we've just started a new mini series where I teach psychology through Batman in short, like 20 minute episodes. Our first one is on the psychology of asexuality. And our second one, thanks to Steve, is about to be on the psychology of fan fiction. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And it's going to have to include Paw Patrol now. I guess it does. We, it's going to be in there. So look out for that Easter egg. Um, you can also go check out Thirsty on Tune where we just dropped our Q&A episode where we answered questions from all of these lovely gentlemen and many mm-hmm. of you as well. Uh, and you can find my pe- writer pen name at Cooper Cal Writes, And I've just submitted some stuff to an anthology. So fingers crossed. Awesome. Good luck with that. Good luck. Good luck. Thank you. Uh, I am, of course, at dead underscore anchorus online. So for Bob. See you soon. For Aaron. Is it over yet? (laughs) Soon. For John. (laughs) I think Steve wants to put this show down. No. For Bronwyn. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. (laughs) Bye-bye. For Chris. Damien Wayne is so great, okay? (laughs) Suck it. Be excellent to each other. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time on the Talking Comics Podcast, to be continued. Unless you're doing it. Stay hydrated. (laughs) 